Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. First issue. Hello everybody, it's Wednesday, October 2nd, 2013, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I am in the house with Steve Say. Hello. Mr. Bob Ryer. Yo. And Miss Stephanie Cook. What's up? All right. (laughs) The crew is back together. You guys heard a show last week, but it's been a while since we've sat down. It's been almost two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then the first time in like three weeks that we sat down for a regular show. Um, or two Very weeks, true. I guess. Oh no, more about two weeks since we decided to have a regular show. So oh, do your math, Bobby. Shut up, Stephanie. Um, <laughs> it's a regular show already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last yeah. time we talked to Stephanie, she was sitting in a stairwell. Um, people were randomly coming in and out, and yeah, uh, yeah it was for our hundredth episode, which went great. And thank you again to everybody who came down, everybody who listened. Um, I'm trying to get uh, the video stuff up. It's been a pain in the ass. There's a lot of different uh, video formats. It's not syncing with the audio right. So once I get all that stuff uh, ironed out, it will be online uh, for you guys to check out. Um, so we move on. This is episode 101. Um, we have one regular episode, and the next week will obviously be our, our New York Comic Con preview show. And then it's Comic Con uh, Madness. Every day. Yeah, for the for that whole week. Uh <laughs> So we bring in you guys a lot of stuff. We got a pretty sizable team going this year, so we're gonna try to pump out a lot more content, a lot more video content, um, and we will also pick a night uh, where we do kind of a meetup for for us at a, at a bar. If any of you guys want to come down and, and hang out with us, because um, Stephanie will be at New York Comic Con, so the whole group yeah. will be together again. Yeah, you. Um, a party. <laughs> I stayed in that place. I'm sure you will, and you'll do weird lunges, lunges. and. Well. I will. Cat dance. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will do that, too. My, uh, one of my favorite things from last year is the, the progression of our, our voices and energy yeah. during yeah. this podcast. Mm-hmm. On the first day, we're all, like, pumped up. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. It's so great to be here. There's nobody here. You can walk around, do whatever you want. And then, yeah. like, by the last day, it's like, yeah. Steve, what's going on? <laughs> Sun- yeah, that's Sunday afternoon podcast. We were very tired. I slept more soundly that night after I got home than I think I've slept the year before that and the year since. So it was a, it was a tiring couple of days right there. Gee, uh, I added Monday to the whole equation. I went back into the city Monday. Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah. I it went, was crazy. went sightseeing and I couldn't even imagine that when you were talking about that, I was like, I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> and then cook dinner Tuesday yeah. for, for Ted and Sarah and, and Rob and MVP. And yeah, it's true. Yeah, so it will be uh, a lot of work, but it will also be a, a lot of fun. Um, Stephanie will be camping out in Artist Alley. I will. Um, I'm pretty sure that's where I'm going and staying, and you can't change my mind. You're never going to leave? Nope. Never, ever. <laughs> Not a bad ever. plan, but I if for buying bargains, that little block thing off the side turned into a godsend. Yeah. There's some great 
trade paperback and archive things for like a third retail. Mm. Ooh. Now, I don't yeah. know if those folks will be back, but I bought a Damn. lot of cool stuff down there. Yeah. Last day, too. Last day bargain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and a tip for those who uh, like to go to Artist Alley, they have tubes that you can buy inside of Artist Alley. <laughs> don't do what I did and buy a $30 <laughs> Uh, poster tube holder at some you know fancy schmancy artist place in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. I got hosed. I saw your. I was with you when you saw the like the five dollar plastic <laughs> tubes. Your face just. You dropped. know what? I learned. I learned a lot from last year, and I'll be yeah. taking it into this year. So whatever. Yeah, it's one of the few times that buying something in a venue is less expensive than buying it outside the venue. Oh, uh, but mine mine like folds out. Like you can twist yeah. it, and it'll extend. And yeah. you know, it's hardcore. Yours is like I'm a legit artist. I'm transferring my work that only has one copy. It makes me look important. Yeah. <laughs> And you had like that 900 pound backpack on the whole time. Yeah, that's um, that's got to change this year as well because that did not work out well for me those following days. Once yeah, my once the adrenaline wore off mm. and I started to actually feel Comic Con, yeah, my <laughs> my spine just like turned to <laughs> dust in my back. Yeah, was like, wow. the feeling of sadness Seriously. and regret. <laughs> it's like that drug commercial with the the deflating people, and they're just I don't kind know of what you're talking about. Come on. Talking about <laughs> no. Oh, come on. All right. Deflating people? They they used I to have all cable. these different PSAs during the um like cartoon afternoon cartoons and stuff, and one of them was a guy trying to get his friend to go out and he's like, Come on, man, come on, let's go. He's like, I don't want to do anything, man. And it's because he's smoking pot, and pot makes you lazy. Mm-hmm. And the friend comes back and he's like, I really want you to play football. And then they pan over to him again, and he's just this like it's like an, like an inner tube or a raft that you took out of your pool and you just let the air come out of it. Mm-hmm. He looks like that on the couch. Gotcha. Are you telling us you smoke too much pot? Me? Yes. I I don't confirm or deny anything. He's recounting a commercial that he saw. Yeah. Does no, not... but he's relating to it, so I was just <laughs> checking. Who can't relate wanting to sit on their couch and do nothing? Or deflating? I often just pulled the plug Deflate. and just... Yeah. <laughs> I thought everybody did that. Yeah, yeah, that's how I do. Yeah. When you've had too much cheese. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bark. Let's move on. <laughs> Got into a weird place. Let's move on from where we are right now. It's um, early on a Tuesday for that. Yeah. yeah. So it's Wednesday, Bob. Oh, sorry. It's Wednesday. Time travel. And it's late on a Tuesday, even regardless. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, this week on the show, uh, we are going to do our books of the week, obviously, and then we're going to talk about um, these. One word, Marvel Now, all new Marvel Now teasers that have been coming out, um, and also an announcement of an all new Marvel Now book that they did uh, in the past, in the time between we did our last podcast and we're doing this one, and uh, obviously also talk about uh, some of the big DC announcements as far as TV goes, and then spend a primary time talking about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which by the time you listen to this, the second episode will have aired. Uh, It's on as we're recording right Mm now, Um, and uh, we will, uh, we'll, We'll talk about that for the first time uh, as a group. Uh, but before we get to that, let's do some uh, books of the week. Bob, why don't you start us out? Okie dokie. We are doing Infinity tie-ins, so it's Avengers issue 20. All right. Uh, I was a little disappointed. This one seemed a little bit of a placeholder for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly with the new Avengers has been just so amazing. Mm. Uh, just Cap has a plan, I guess. There's a shock ending here, which... I'm stunned. Mm -hmm. It really is pretty shocking. Uh, There is a lot of stuff here, as usual. Mm -hmm. A lot of ex-Nihilos out of nowhere. Right. 
st still enjoying this, but this just seemed a little less stellar. Mm. I don't know. You guys... I need to take a look at it. I'm not oh, sure, sure if I read it or not. Yeah, I've read so many books in the last two weeks. That That's my problem. The things yeah, okay. have melted away out of my brain. I did read, uh, w last time we did this, I hadn't read Infinity number three yet. Um, and I've read that obviously since. And I really liked it a lot. I loved the I loved the kind of Star Warsian nature of the plan and the you know the, the the tricking them and all all that kind of stuff and kind of the fighting back of the, of the people who have been beaten down I like that stuff a lot. Yeah, the whole sort of a planet of refugees and yes, all coming the ring together. World. To, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I definitely did not read it. <laughs> okay, but you'll okay. you'll enjoy it. But it wasn't great. Stephanie, you were so saying I haven't been reading Infinity yet. Like I've read half of number one, but okay. like comparably to the last few Marvel events, how is this for you guys? I'm enjoying it, and I don't like these things at all. Mm -hmm. uh, it is that overreaching story. We're getting little bits of it in terms of the tie-ins. The Assemble, which I'll talk about a little later, and the Captain Marvel have really helped the human nature of the struggle. It put a face to the big space battle, which is fun, mm -hmm. but if it's just spaceships and not our heroes, it's a bit off. Here, the tie-ins really work. Has anyone read any of the other I mean, I've just read the ones... I mean, I know Steve checked out one of the issues of Thunderbolts, but it didn't really... Yeah, I mean, I've, so I've well. read I've read a bunch, pretty, yeah. pretty much every Infinity, with the exception mm. of the Heist, which I didn't bother picking up this week. Yeah, but uh, other than that, I think I've gotten all the tie-ins. Yeah. yeah, so what seems been good. To, what seems to me, Steph, is that this, for better or worse, this seems like a very expanded Avengers, New Avengers story coming mm. out of those books yeah. in an organic sort of way that mm -hmm. really does serve the characters well, instead of it just being event yeah it feels less uh like i i feel this last two avengers versus x-men and i mean especially age of ultron because of kind of the behind the scenes stuff that went on with that story coming out seem to either come out of nowhere just start or have one or two issues that went okay we're we're gonna start this up and they all dealt with stuff that's been going on for seven years mm -hmm. you know and when, when we had alan kistler on he talked about this has been going on since house of m which is, you know, six, seven years sure. ago that happened. This feels, as Bob was saying, like it's it's created from what's just been going on in the last year, I guess, of, of Hickman's Avenger stuff. Um, and while I feel like it's maybe the least inclusive of the Marvel events that I have read since I started, we started doing this, I think that is its strength because it does not feel like this is just a way for us to up sales numbers and get people in the door with a flashy look, this is the natural extension of what Hickman is doing. We're just going to put it over all his his two Avengers books plus this other you know kind of overarching book. So yeah, that's sort uh, of what like events it. were before the Kree Squirrel War, which mm -hmm. ran from late eighties, well, not in the years, in the seventies. Late 80s into early 90s on Avengers, issue after issue after issue, but it was just that story. Right. And you had to keep reading it because you just needed it. Yeah. So, hope that helps, Steph. Yeah. No, I just kind of, I'm curious because, I mean, I'm in the same boat as you, Bob, where I like loathe events. Like, I just hate, I, I mean, I really like the Battle of the Atom, but I don't like that I have to buy books that I'm not buying to get the next part of the story. Mm -hmm. Like, I hate that. I hate that I can't just get, it's not just one, it's not its own thing. Mm -hmm. No, here the spine of it is the infinity with yeah. Avengers and new Avengers giving yeah. you stories. Assemble and Captain Marvel have been 
additions that are nice, but you don't need them. No, you don't need them. Um, they're good. They've been good stories, but they uh, you don't need them to enjoy the event. But I'd say if you're reading Infinity, you need to read Avengers and New Avengers absolutely to get everything out of it because that's just what it is. You know that just the the scope of w- what's going on there. Um, yeah, it's it's good. I, I I've been enjoying it at a base level more. But the the other thing too is that I enjoyed beginnings of the last two events as well. So mm. I I'm still a little bit wary of wh- where it's going to go. Um, I just want to see it have it can't have a a finite ending, obviously, because it's part of an ongoing universe. But I'd like to see an ending that wasn't now read the rest of these books to get the real whole story that's going to fold out over the next, you know, 10 years Years. of his writing. Have there be payoff, right? Exactly. I just want some sort of payoff and it doesn't have to be, uh, I don't even care. They always, they promote all these things as this is going to change the universe. And I don't really care if it changes the universe. I just want it to maybe change something I care about in a character. And that will, that will be enough for me, which is why like the enemy within is so powerful because it deals with something you care about i don't want this to it be something i i care about um, absolutely so w- we'll see what happens but i'm encouraged by what's been going on so far so Boom. while we're on the avengers track i'll just yeah. do assemble now it's kelly sudaconic jan van meter and barry kitson this time around with a jorge molina cover which is just amazing mm. uh, it's a mostly a jessica issue though we get a lot of black widow and there's a moment here that rivals hulk make me a sandwich <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll just say, for those who've read it, Mr. Squiddy, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, but in all that, there is some really touching human moments. You'll see that one of the ships has gone missing. There's some whispering between uh, Natasha and Jess that I had to get a magnifying glass out to read. It's lettered <laughs> so tiny. It was going to the kitchen under the dining room light with a magnifying glass. So that's what she's saying, huh? <laughs> Uh, but for me, there's a, a lovely bit just near the end where Jess is thinking uh, whether about Carol, whether she remembers me or not, the Carol Danvers I know and love is clearly still with us. Because mm. she does some badass stuff. That's mm-hmm. nice. So that was, it was really just charming. So, and it's got a code and everything. You can share it with friends. <laughs> not that, which I actually did. Nice. There you go. Now, that reminds me, I activated my pass to this morning for, yeah. the, for the con. 50 free comics from yeah. Comicology. So yeah. I, you bounce around site to site. First of all, it's asking for my mobile phone number. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so they have my home number. We'll see when they try to text my that'd dial be, tone. That would be hilarious. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. a fax machine. Yeah. <laughs> but I get to the Comicsology site and mm. try to enter in accounts, and it, try, it wants me to reload operating systems and all sorts oh, of things wow. on that's my computer go weird. to a windows 10 and oh that's weird it's like no that's no strange. i'm not clicking on all sorts yeah. of crap to get some free books that i don't really care about anyway yeah well the thing about that promotion is that there are 50 books that are always free those books are always oh. free they're just telling you to start a comicsology account because there are 50 free books for you that you could read it's Dirty. not it's not 50 free special books because i clicked on it too i was like oh i'll see what if i get something special with it but it's all the same ones that Dirty there's pool. some great books there don't get me wrong and there's a lot of there's a lot of number ones a lot of image number ones are free on there but uh it's not it's not a special promotion it's just they're just trying to kind of Blech. get you into the comicsology uh ecosystem 
Uh, I, I sort of thought that, but it did look like a nice little array of books it they is. lined out on it's the a table. Good books, but... good books. There's some good books there, but so if I, if I have a funny phone story when you know yeah. Comicology calls me or the Comic Con calls me, and you know, yeah, who's this? You're gonna get like a robot voice that's like, you know, stop, Bob Breyer, please. Because <laughs> if sometimes it, it used to be some things you could text like phone numbers, mm-hmm. and that's what happened when you picked up the phone. You get like a robotic voice reading the text out to you. Well, good. The, he'll get my John Steed answering machine <laughs> message, and it'll be pretty funny as they ch- chat with each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They won't, because it'll be a robot, so they won't even know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm liking that. Yeah. Uh, FF number 12, uh, Matt Fraction and Lee Allred, mm-hmm. along with Mike and Laura Allred this time around, we have a classic Thing Hulk battle, which is what they had in FF 12 all the way back <laughs> in the 60s. And, and I have my, there it is. Yeah. My terribly ripped apart, no back cover childhood copy that has since been replaced. But that's that's what the Hulk used to look like, and he could talk and everything, and wore little purple shorts. <laughs> and he was turning himself back and forth by standing on a gamma ray machine and hitting his toes. This is his first appearance after his book got canceled. Mm. Hulk only lasted six issues. He was not a success. He's being sneaky in, in that cover. Oh, he's yeah. hiding behind a rock. He's like, oh, another second, and I'll destroy them all. We should do this one. Yeah. For our next. You you would think that the Hulk wouldn't need to hide. <laughs> well, he's not as strong here he as he would become. The wall. But yeah, but he's, the thing in here fairly yeah. evenly matched at this point, mm-hmm. even though he's somewhat bigger. Uh, the big story here, though, in FF12 is the usual mishmash, and I'm saying that in a loving way, between stories about Dr. Doom and what's going on with Alex, and we haven't seen his parents. Uh, Kid Immortus, who will be Kang, who will be Ramatut, who will mm. be Doom, who will be the Scarlet Centurion, yeah. who will be whoever the hell else he is, and Ravona, who is Kang's dead girlfriend mm-hmm. from all the way, way back. Doom wants old Johnny dead. We have uh, the new character, Adolf the Impossible Boy, mm-hmm. who they're trying to get to be, you know, one of the gang, and that's mm-hmm. not really working until he gets shown some comic books, yeah. which sort of helps him. And he's actually reading a book with his dad in it. It's Fantastic Four 176, yeah. which was George Perez. And this is a uh, Kirby cover, actually. Kirby had just come back. This book is hysterical. It didn't lose a beat with... Lee Allred on board here. Uh, we have heard some disturbing news, but it was expected that mm-hmm. the all the Allreds might be taking a leave of absence from this book once yes. we're a year in. 16? 16. Right? 16. 16, they'll be gone. Yep. Uh, we'll, we'll, as we get further along, we'll debate who we should think is on it. Steve mm-hmm. has some great ideas. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how uh, much of a prediction it is. It's just my my dream team, I guess. Well, we'll talk about. We'll talk about when we talk about the, the teasers right. and stuff because uh, we have. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, lovely ending here too. When they actually do get to Adolf's sensibilities, mm-hmm. they show him cartoons. Yeah. And he's sitting in front of the TV. It's about nine panels of he and Luna, Crystal and Quicksilver's mm-hmm. daughter, holding hands, watching yeah. cartoons, watching anime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just yeah. Uh, just gorgeous. Aww. <laughs> All the big eyes. I love yeah. it. It's great. Uh, so then speaking of anime kind of things, mm-hmm. um, my book of the week is The Empowered Special Number 5. Uh, it's Adam Warren and Takeshi Miyazawa, who nice. actually is an anime artist. I mean, Warren's art is anime style. He had done the Dirty Pair uh, adaptations when they were here. But Mr. Miyazawa has done Lost Planet Bound Raven, and sidekicks, and also did the Mary Jane miniseries for Marvel. Oh, cool. So this is called Nine Beers with Ninjet. <laughs> and despite the rather raucous title and the cover, which you can actually count, there are nine beers on the cover <laughs> if you actually find them all. 
what we're dealing with, a book that is so wonderful here and empowered herself is in about nine panels. It is all about Ninjet and her hard drinking problems and how we, she got to here. Each beer that's her nightly drinking habit, each beer means something. Mm-hmm. So the first one's about hope, for instance. Uh, sixth one's about harshness. Or no, sixth one's about imminent violence. Fifth is yeah. about harshness. She has an abusive alcoholic father who we see quite a bit of, and she spends a lot of time trying to escape from his hideous ninja clan from the wilds of New Jersey. Because <laughs> she's a Jersey girl named Cozy Kabergi. Mm-hmm. How many of those are in New Jersey? I have no idea. <laughs> but it is funny and touching and sad at the same time. The ending is it's your heart and your throat. As, as you see why she's the way she is, what her need for this friendship that she has, it seems to make no sense whatsoever. But now laid out here, this is, they've done, as I said, they've done five of these that have been fun, but throw, the first four were throwaways. Mm-hmm. This informs the entire other seven books they've put out and moving forward from what I understand where eight will be. There's, there's loss and friendship and love here. And this is just an amazing little book that more people should be reading. I know Steve. Was, yeah, Bob and I uh, yeah. actually share. That's my favorite book of the week, too. Um, Bob came over to my place on Saturday to record the book club, and I had gotten a chance to read it afterwards. And it was really, really wonderful. Uh, the thing that struck me about it the most was going through just the, the gamut of emotions that are running through her mind with each beer. It's every about every three pages, mm-hmm. I would say, you get to the next beer, and each one of them pulling from a different emotion that we all have. And some of them were really, really affecting. Like, you would be reading them at a party, and you'd be having a good time, and those three pages would totally get you in, like, a comedy mood, and there's, you know, music bumping around, and they're drunk, and they're, you know... Drunken karaoke. Yeah, yeah. drunken karaoke, <laughs> and it's fun, and it's harmless, and things like that. And then you turn the page... And it's like this is a you know this beer is this beer is always always brings about bad memories, yeah. and the next three pages will be Ninjet growing up trying to basically be a ninja inside of her own home and hiding from her you know drunken father mm-hmm. who stalks the house at night in a in a drunken stupor and she quite literally can't sleep because if she's found she'll be beaten and so she's you know and and beyond. Yeah, and beyond. If she tries to escape, he'll cut off her hands and feet and just use her as breeding stock. Yeah, so it's which is pretty harsh. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really hardcore. It goes it goes in and out of of different setups very quickly, but it all works. It's not. It's just I I don't know. It it flows really really well. Um, I was thinking about it for, I guess the past three days after I read it. So that's my. It's going to be my book. I have other books too, but. Uh, I definitely vouch for that one. It was great. Thank you so much, Steve. Welcome. Awesome. Awesome. All right, uh, Stephanie, what about you? I read things. All right. (laughs) Let's talk about those things that you read. Um, So, first of all, I assume you guys are going to, one of you, I assume either Steve or Bobby, is going to be talking about sex criminals, but. Yeah, Yeah, I think we'll we'll both talk about it, but yeah, you can can talk about it now. Well, I'm just saying, I read it, really enjoyed it. I'll come back to it. There was a party in Toronto last week in which. You know, the launch party for sex criminals at a sex club in which Matt Fraction got his nipples pierced on stage. That's a thing that happened in Toronto. Woohoo, Canada! (laughs) Anyways, moving on. So, um, a little while back, I was talking about the Steve Niles and Fiona Staples series, Mystery Society. Mm -hmm. Um, And really, really loved it. 
I wanted to follow up and let people know that if you thought that it was all over, there's actually like a little bit more Mystery Society. And it's in the form of um, just an annual. It's called the Mystery Society Annual. And it's not art by Fiona Staples. I feel like uh, Andrew Ritchie does the art for it. But still really fun story. So if you've read Mystery Society and you don't know about the annual, I'd been tweeting. And I was like, I need more Mystery Society. <laughs> and Steve Niles was like, have you read the annual? And I was like, what is this? Where? <laughs> what? <laughs> and so he was like, he pointed me in the direction of it. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, a, it's not a giant sized issue of it or anything, but it is a little more Mystery Society. So heads up, everyone. <laughs> um... Next up, I read Rachel Rising 19. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, so good. What? You guys read it, right? I have not read it yet, no. I didn't even realize it was out yet, and I made this trip to a comic book store today in which I almost bought way too much stuff, but I have to go back for it. Um, That's a good and, story. <laughs> yes. I'm getting these Umbrella Academy figures. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're on sale for 50% off. Anyway, that's why you buy them. So, um, I was there and I was like, "Rachel Rising nineteen is out. When did this happen?" And picked it up, came home, read it, and was just like, "Why?" Like, there's just always oh, there's so uh, good. There's shit going down. Is that what's up? Yes. Well, like the last, I don't want to spoil anything because there was major, (sighs) major things happened at the end of eighteen. Which, um, if you're buying the trades of Rachel Rising, um, is the end of. Uh, volume three, mm-hmm. but like some serious, like, well, shit, shit went down. <laughs> and I was just like, what? And I was talking to Terry Moore about it. Like, I think in Boston. And I was like, what were you doing? He's like, I don't know. As I was writing it, I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> and um, it it's just like crazy. And this one, it's not as crazy. It kind of starts to explain some of the things that have been happening so far because um the last few issues have been a progression still Mm -hmm. like we haven't been getting answers just kind of more stuff has been piling up but as you may or may not know it's supposed to be wrapping up at issue 24 so i mean we're getting pretty close to the end and there's not that many answers so far yeah um i believe actually mara tweeted at terry moore about that about when it was going to end and he mm-hmm. said he said there is no definite ending. Ooh. Well, I had talked to him. Um, so I don't know what's going on. I think the thing is he was planning on ending it at issue 24. And, and I had tweeted him about that a while back. Mm-hmm. And that was pre when um, the show got optioned for TV. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Or yes. the, it got optioned for TV. So I think what he's contemplating doing is continuing the series if it does you know, successfully get a pilot and get picked mm-hmm. up. Right. Because it really would be stupid of him to stop at issue 24 if it gets, yeah, if you know, that's, picked if that's, up. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, so I think that's sort of where he's at at the moment. Gotcha. I think. Don't know, like, 100%, but that would totally make sense to me. Um, Relaunch at number one. But it's so good. And I love that there's just – now it's that progression to – finding out what has been happening to Rachel and Jet. And, you know, it's just, answers are coming. It's and such a by the end, series. By the end of 19, the last panel, seriously, my jaw was dropped, and I just stared at it for, like, five minutes. I was just like, what? 
so good. For reals, guys. For reals. Um, it's really the experience of knowing Stephanie in general is what these stories are like. I'm like this in person too, people. I swear. But, but with lunges. Yes. <laughs> um, just quickly too, I finally got around to reading American Vampire, The Long Road to Hell. Um, which is, it was like a one shot that came out yes. before the anthology. Yeah, I remember um, that. Scott yeah. Snyder, Raphael uh, Albuquerque. And it's just a one shot and it's so good. It deals with characters that haven't really been, that haven't been in the series before. And it's just something that anyone who hasn't been reading it can enjoy. But it kind of has that same really um, like dark vibe that the whole series has had since issue one. And if you're curious about whether or not you would like American Vampire, it's a great one shot to pick up and just be like, is this my thing? Mm-hmm. Um so awesome did you read the uh what well, the, the anthology came out as well right yes yeah yeah i didn't read that yet um but i wanted to read some of the one shots that i had kicking around mm-hmm. i read a lot of things i'm sorry i keep on listing i was like wow that's not even my book of the week yet it's all right good it's all right it's all um, this is the comic book podcast it's what we're supposed to do just talk oh about comic God, books. i'm talking so much <laughs> um and i i I won't say a lot about this one because I don't really, I just finished it before the podcast. So I, ha- I don't really have a lot of processed words for it yet. Um, but <laughs> I wanted like to recommend Vita. this specifically to Steve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what's um, up? Sin Titulu by uh, Cameron Stewart. What was it it's called? S-I-N and then space T-I-T-U-L-O. And who did this? By Cameron Stewart. Ooh, so this uh... is this guy... Um, his grandfather passes away and because of, you know, a miscommunication and a lack of updates, he doesn't find out that his grandfather has passed away for a month. Okay. And so when he kind of goes to investigate what's been going, like just to, you know, pick up his grandfather's stuff and to kind of, you know, say his sort of goodbyes in a weird way, um, he kind of stumbles on this, this, I don't even know how words for it. It's not really like a plot or he just stumbles on some shenanigans. A caper. <laughs> a caper. <laughs> um, and, you know, at first it kind of seems like it's rooted in just um, general, like, nonsense. Uh, but there's just, I'm trying to find words to describe. It, it just takes this really weird turn into, like, the subconscious and kind of alternate realities and mm, now you're talking my language yeah and it just <laughs> totally. there's a lot of the rest of the story kind of it's from dark horse i know it, you <laughs> it goes by um it, it just it's a mind fuck i'm there that's why you'll like it well i you do know my taste so <laughs> yeah I trust it kind you. of also reminded me a bit of a day tripper nice oh nice there you go so i'm in um it's if I can pronounce it, like, I'll try to find it. It's not quite as... It's brand new. Sindulu. It just came out last week. Sindulu. Sing it like that Phil Collins song. What? Susudio. Oh, Susudio? Oh, <laughs> can you say it one more time? Sintitulu. It, again, it's S-I-N, like sin, and then space, and then T-I-T. Sintitulu? T-I-T-U-L-O by Cameron Stewart. Tweet it to me, if you wouldn't mind. I will. Awesome. So, The Waken Saga... 
still really good. You guys don't need to hear me rant about those because they're fucking awesome. Um, but the series that did just come out that I am like loving the shit out of is Curtis Weeb's new series, Rat Queens. Yeah. Art by Johnny Walk- Rockwell. Yep. I loved it. If you've heard me talk about comics, like I have so many comics and I don't often get a chance to read my comics more than once. I read Rat Queens three times and mm. I was just like, this comic is so, it's so awesome. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite Rat Queen? Oh, right now I really like Hannah just because like she's sassy and I love, there's like this panel where, you know, this other mercenary group is kind of like um, taunting her a bit and she's kind of like, see how many fucks I don't give? And then she gives her the finger and she's like, oh, look, I managed to conjure one up just for you. (laughs) And it's like the best. I love it. And it's just really sassy. The girls are sassy. They are sassy. Is it and sassy? Okay. Basically, let's just let's just break it down here. So it's mercenaries. Let's break it down now. <laughs> Dysfunctional mercenaries that are kind of accidentally being more of a bane on their town than anything else. Um, and I didn't know what to expect. They're more trouble than they're worth. I've been reading these Curtis um, an image. They've been releasing these uh, how to court. Uh, each of the girls, like they've been doing these romance strips as a preview to Rat Queens and each of the characters, there's four female leads and um, they've been kind of going through, you know, what it takes to woo one of them. And they were hilarious, but they don't really tie into the series. They just kind of give you glimpses into what the characters are like. Mm -hmm. So um, when I finally like got into it, I was just like, oh, it's very, um, it's very reminiscent of tabletop gaming kind of style, like the characters and the questing and, you know, you can yeah. see a lot of elements of D&D. Yeah, well, I mean, it's got a lot in it. It's got creatures, it has magic, it has sword play. You know, it's it's got small towns and quests and tasks and dungeons and stuff. So, yeah. But I think there's like a little, like the four girls, there's... Um, Hannah, Violet, D, and Betty. Betty and Betty's like a lesbian goblin. Yep. It's... All right. She has sex with everybody. I can't and even explain it. to you how great it is. Oh, and she has this one line. I'm not gonna say it because it's dirty. <laughs> but like, as <laughs> opposed to the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so good. It's so good. I can't wait for more. I bought the Fiona Staples variant cover. Ah, uh, you. That's nice. I know. <laughs> For $5. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> and this guy today was like, yeah, I got it online for $15. And I was like, he's like, plus shipping. It was such a good deal. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Just started maniacally laughing at him. <laughs> and lunged. He's like, this girl is crazy. By the way, can you please put these items on hold for me, owner of the comic book store? <laughs> oh. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so those are Burned. my books of the week, guys. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's an awesome. adventure as always an adventure <laughs> Steve what do you got for us I also loved Rat Queens that was, uh, that was one of my books as well and Betty is my favorite of the, of the girls she's hilarious they're all great though um, didn't get much from D this, this issue but I'm sure that that's to come she was, she was cool though uh, let's see what do I got this week uh, mine's gonna be short actually uh, anybody else read Guardians of the Galaxy didn't read it yet no oh no. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was really, really cool. 
for people that have been reading it, you know we're fans and that it's it's been entertaining. This is one of those books that I wish came out more often. Yeah, well, it's been a while. It got delayed, so yeah. it should have come out last month. It came out, and that was the only reason I didn't read it because I want to go back and read the issue or two before it because I'm a little bit even fuzzy on what's even going on. I I read the like the recap page, mm-hmm. and I and I read the last issue and I read the recap and I was like, hmm, you don't say. Yeah, I'd be like. Uh, well, all right. Yeah. I don't really remember it, but that's cool. Let's... It's like I'm hearing it for the first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's say so. It happened. <laughs> yes. It's and it's it's completely one of those issues where when the last issue ended, there was like you know stuff going down, mm-hmm. and this jumps right into those things. Yeah. So it kind of shocks you back into coherence as far as the plot. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh right. Yeah. There's all this you know like dire thing like dire things going on and. Uh, so anyway, so we're back in, in this issue. There's a lot of contributors on this issue, but one of my favorite aspects of this is Sarah Pacelli on art. She's amazing. Yeah, she's great. She's great. And her characters in this, her style for Guardians has just been such a so much fun mm-hmm. to look at. And there's this there's a big there's a big battle in this issue between uh Alan, oh my god, Angela and Gamora. It's a lot of fun. Mm. And Lady battle. What? Lady battle. Lady yeah. battle. Yeah. Lady battle. <laughs> and you be, you get to see more of their more more of what Angela can do. Not necessarily. You don't really learn much of more of why she's there. Right. But you do get to see her in action. And you know everybody when this was first announced that she was coming in was wondering what kind of a role she's going to play. Um. I don't know what her purpose in the Marvel Universe is going to be just yet, but the more she's on the page, the more I see what she can do, and just her presence on the page, I'm liking her more and more, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm more curious as to what they're going to do to like where her she's going to be like chaotic neutral, or is she going to be on the side of good, the side of bad? I don't know where she's going to end up, mm-hmm. and she carries with her a lot of mystery still. And I think that it's cool that they're kind of, you know, stretching that out for all it's worth. So, uh, but yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy continues to be just awesome. Whenever it does come out, it is it is always great. Awesome. Oh, let me see. Uh, la, 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 la. All right. I'm going to talk about this just for a second because. <laughs> Go I, for it. You can be negative. It's okay. Uh, okay. It's okay. So, Deep breath. Deep breath. I was one of those people that. I didn't go too out of my way. If I had gone really out of my way, um, it would have just, the joke would have been on me. Uh, I, w- I went to another comic book store. Bum, bum, bum. I still went <laughs> to Tour Comics right after. But I went to a neighboring comic book store in the hopes of picking up a copy of Joker's Daughter because everyone was talking about it. Uh, I was sure Bobby wasn't going to read it. I knew mm. Bob wasn't going to read it. So I felt like somebody should read it. But... Like I said before, I'll say it again. You took that bullet. The joke's on me. We appreciate your sacrifice. Because I went out of my way to get this, and... And you got it. It was really bad. Yeah. Oh, you got it. It was really bad. Um, I know there's been a lot of discontent about it online. This is one of those times where I feel that people being upset with the book is very valid Mm -hmm. and warranted. It was not... It was not good. Mm. And and what's unfortunate about it, for me personally, is that this character is brand new to the DC-52, brand new to the universe, I suppose. I mean, mm. it is Dula Dent. Yeah. But 
you know, her being in this continuity is a big deal. And of course it was a big deal because everybody was after a copy. Mm. But it's hilarious that people went out of their way to get a comic that is by far, it's it's just, it's not good. Yeah, well people went out of their way, not for anything that was in the book. They went away because they thought they could make money off of it. That's right. why, yeah. Well, I mean, all right, I'll get to, I'll get to why it's not good. Because if I just say it's not good and then move on, it's mm. going to come off cheap. My problem with it is this. It's a brand new character. It's Joker's daughter. It could have been really fun. And it's, I think it's just a shame that the character is actually moving into the Catwoman uh, arc or continuity after this. And Enocenti, I'm sorry to say, like, I, haven't, I haven't read anything of hers yet that I've really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a shame that if this was just a, a one-shot and you know, she had a chance at writing the character and introducing it and it didn't go well, but then it fell to someone else directly after, and they were kind of able to salvage the idea of this character. I I would say that there was going to be hope, but I mean, she's going to have her for the next three or four issues or beyond that she's going to show up in, and it it reads like a like a ten year old had written it, and it's Ooh. her personality, her, the way she talks, her backstory is really boring, and. It's it's just such a shame. Mm-hmm. So is this you know. another one of those complete origin? Yeah, well, she's she's brand new, but it's just it's she's got this tagline that ugly is the new beautiful, and it carries throughout the whole book. It just her her motivations for being the way she is, how she comes to find Joker's mask, is all just so silly, and you I did not care a lick mm-hmm. about anybody that showed up in this book who she aligned herself with they were blind and dumb Mm -hmm. and you know i can accept that in in times of when all this forever evil stuff that some people might be lost but you certainly would not fall in with this character who Mm -hmm. sounds like she just woke (laughs) up from her nap Uh (laughs) you know so it's unfortunate i i really hope that at some point something more can be done with the character because i think it's a it's a cool idea but as far as her having mystery and who is she and how'd she come to be, it's just not off to a very good start. Mm-hmm. So Joker's daughter, or rather, uh, the Dark Knight number twenty three point four. The Joker's daughter. The number Joker's one. daughter number one. <laughs> one shot. This, thing is, this numbering thing is going to drive collectors crazy uh, yeah, for I, yeah, years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but oh. Stephanie mentioned it before. Oh yes. My favorite book of the week, aside from Empowered is uh, Matt Fraction's, excuse me, Sex Criminals, number one. Mm-hmm. With art, I got to say this right. I got a page. I, I, got, I got an attempt. Yeah, Chip Zadarsky. Zadarsky. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, wow. Mm. I mean, up, up to this, like this whole year, we've seen Matt Fraction do some really cool things, and it's gotten to the point where you almost feel like you know what to expect from him. So you kind of brace yourself and you set yourself down to read a certain type of comic. And then I read this one, and this was completely not mm-hmm. what I expected mm-hmm. from when we had spoken to him. And he was he was talking about this series, and he was kind of gearing us up for it. And I'm glad that he didn't really give too much away uh, at that stage of the creative process, because the delivery and the the angle from where the story came from was really cool and really satisfying that instead of jumping right into this like dirty tale of a girl that if you if for people that don't know uh what sex criminals is about it's about a girl 
who discovers that when she has an orgasm, she can actually stop time and manipulate. She can manipulate the world. She can move, you know, mm-hmm. in and through mm-hmm. it while everybody else is kind of frozen in place for a certain period of time. Um, she grows up like this and basically grows up in a very loveless family with not no friendships to speak of and no guidance and, and nobody to basically usher her in in through her puberty and into this bizarre practice that she has that she she thinks that this is normal that everybody can do this but nobody talks about it and it's not until way later that she discovers that it's something that presumably only she can do and it's it's charming it's dirty it's funny and it's one of my favorite things about it is that it breaks the fourth wall mm-hmm. on more than one occasion. So you're you're kind of being like she plays host to you as a reader through this story. And it's just I, I don't get to read very many fourth wall breaking stuff. And I guess when done well and done in like little snippets here and there, not just constantly talking at you, it could be a lot of fun. And the artwork is just gorgeous. Yeah. The the use of color in this, I mean it's beautiful. All the all the the wisps uh, of all these like twinkles and different colors and and just strange filters and stuff. And the art reminds me uh, of something I put it on, I put my hand on it before, but I can't remember what it was. But one of my favorite things was I'll I'll leave it at this. She runs into uh, basically the school the school slot, if mm-hmm. you will, in in the bathroom, and asks her for sexual advice. And there's one. There's, all right, so there's two pages of sexual positions uh, drawn onto a bathroom wall, and I'm just imagining the writing process of this, of like having a couple of drinks, and because I know for a fact that Mad Fraction made some of these up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> I've never, I mean, I, I've never heard of some of these before. Some of them are pretty fucking hysterical. Yeah, and I mean, I laugh my ass off with each and every position that he introduced us to. Yeah. It's good, so, yeah. It's yeah, I'll, I'll let somebody else go on. It was great. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to see issue number two and find out where it goes. Uh, and it, it left us off with a final page that kind of rockets you off into the next part of the story. Yeah. I really liked it too, but um, I, I like the colors, but I don't know if I like the art style. It There was something about it that didn't quite jive with me. Like, it's it's not that it's bad. It's not bad art. There's just something about it that I'm just like, ah, oh, I feel like there's something, there's someone better suited for this. But um, like, I, I don't know. Like, that sounds really harsh, but the art's good. But I don't know. I just, it wasn't my cup of tea. I'm still going to read it because I really think the story is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Well, I think the colors it, are cool. Yeah. The style is very cartoony and almost in a Chris Samney sort yeah, of way. Yeah, it's Chris Samney. I got looks like a little Bruce Tim. Yeah. Going on. I definitely got like a Bruce Tim. In the Tim. eyes. Yeah, yeah and in the I, eyes. And I yeah. think that really helps cuz if this were done more realistically, mm. the dark nature of this could carry over into what is in essence often a lighter sort of story. Right. So it would take some of the charm away. I know exactly what you're saying, Steph, but I just, it would be interesting to see that book done that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe moving forward, I, I, when we had Matt here, I anticipated this being a very crime-oriented caper book. Mm-hmm. And what it is instead is this really weird indie romantic comedy yeah. 
that threatens to break into, to me, I, I see the end. And I, the first thing I think of is Tim Roth and Amanda Plummer sitting at the diner mm-hmm. in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Is where we're heading next with yeah. this relationship somehow, yeah. which I think would be very cool. It seems like a, a dysfunctional relationship. And I, I think we will get capers coming, you know, going forward. The first issue to me, it felt oddly like a lot of, of like kind of like the not, well, the memoir ish comics that I've read in the past. Mm. You know, like I got almost oddly like this Persepolis vibe from it and kind of the way that's that the, what I was thinking. Yeah. Of. That's it. Yeah. The art as well is, yeah. is very similar. And just the tone of the writing and the, the intelligence behind the way the lead is talking through these really bad situations. Um, it is it is funny, which is it, it's, it's tough to do in comics. Uh, it's tough to get timing down, uh, comedic timing down in comic books. But I loved you know the art. It's it's a dichotomy with what's going on. It's a dissonance with what's going on in in the story. But I think like as, as Bob was saying, I, I feel like the story is when you if you were to lay out the story for somebody and tell them what it was. It's it is dark and it's a little it's a little it's a little bit seedy sometimes a little disturbing sometimes, um, also funny uh, at times. Mm-hmm. But if it had, I think, a more realistic art style, it as Bob was saying, it, I I feel like it would be a tougher Turn read. Into fatal. It'd be exactly yes, yes exactly. Mm, good point. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's what Fraction is going for. I think that he's very much going for this. You're supposed to be be laughing at it. You're supposed. Well, he says like at the beginning, "Don't worry, the jokes are coming." Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 yeah. When she's talking about all that stuff, yeah, and I like the way that it bounced around, as far as as the timeline goes. I like that we were navigating through this this woman's life and seeing how she became the person she was. Uh, yeah, I loved it. It, I you know expect to like it obviously because I I think I love Matt Fraction, but uh, I didn't really connect very well with Satellite Sam, which was the last uh, indie book that he was putting out, and so I was like, okay, I'll read this, and if I like it. Good, you know, but it probably end up being a, a a wait for the trade type of situation. But I, I think I'm gonna pick it up, you know, uh, every month now because I, I enjoyed it that much. Uh, I remember like him talking about it on the show and giving a description, sort of like the elevator pitch for it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, but I had forgotten, and I stopped. I mostly stopped reading the synopsis for upcoming comic books unless we talk about them on the show, just because I want to be surprised Mm -hmm. like I don't want everything spoiled for me as like the solicits and all that tend to kind of accidentally do right and I was reading into it and I'm like what is happening what 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 wait oh this is that comic he was talking about (laughs) it's like for some reason I thought like satellite Sam was that one and I hadn't Mm -hmm. read that yet Uh, and then it kind of all clicked together and I was like Oh, <laughs> I remember him talking about this, and yes, <laughs> yes, what a strange but interesting premise. Yeah, and I love on the back of it that it says, for mature readers, duh, don't sell this oh. to a kid. What are you, nuts? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In in giant, giant letters. Um, yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. All right, anything else? No, I'm good. All right. So really quick, uh, this week, this past week was the end of Villains Month. We're now in October, so Villains Month is over. Um, but a couple of the books that came out this past week that I, I did end up really enjoying. Um, the first, Green Lantern 23.4, which is Sinestro. Um, if you're very familiar with Sinestro, it's it's not the it's not a very revealing look. 
It's just basically a, a, a summation of who he is and what he's been doing. But uh, it's it's well written and um, if I gotta find the artist, the art by uh, Dale Eaglesham, inspired it, it, by the Great Gatsby. Yeah, which it has this this trimming that looks like the the poster for the new Great Gatsby movie wow. uh, that came out. But really, really nice art. Uh, really interesting take because it's told from the perspective of kind of one of Sinestro's acolytes. So the stuff where he would be the bad guy is not told as he as if as if he was the bad guy. Hmm. Um, it's it's a good read uh, if you want a little Sinestro fix because he's not really in the main he's not really around right now. It's a good place to get it. Um, Batman Superman three point one, which is Doomsday, has was just as kind of confusing as the last couple of issues of Batman Superman have been. Hmm. You know, just very layered and stacked and multiple timelines, multiple things. And it's basically a story of Doomsday coming to be and attacking Krypton before it was destroyed. Uh, but it deals in several timelines. It deals in this deals in this past when he he's come to destroy Krypton. It deals with um, a time when Zod stopped him and then became the tyrant he became. And also deals with uh, it's Kara Zor-El's father telling her this story when she's a little girl. So there, there's there's multiple timelines and they get a little bit confusing. Uh, but it was a lot of fun to read. I mean, I, I don't regret reading it. Just I don't know where it's going to go and what it's going to be part of. It's he's been doing weird things with th- this dimensions and time bendy stuff. So I, I don't know where it's going to go. But Who it was wrote that one, by the way. That was Greg Pak. Greg Pak. Okay. It was Greg Pak. It was good. It just was a little bit confusing. Um, I really enjoyed both the Aquaman um, mm-hmm. villains month things, which I, I had assumed I would. It's interesting because it it deals. They intersect at a, at a point because both Black Manta and Ocean Master are in the same prison, and they pass each other at one point, escaping from the prison. Uh, but uh, the cool thing about it is that, much like uh, a couple of the other villains' books, like like Lex Luthor, Black Manta, his whole reason he's a bad guy is because he wants to kill Aquaman, and now they're telling him Aquaman is dead. So what? What is he gonna do? Like, it's, there's like, so he has to reform. Yeah. What he's gonna do, and it, that was a really cool thing to see. Uh, and the Ocean Master stuff is is almost it's the same thing. It's kind of, it, it's not Ocean Master's. You know, drive isn't to kill Aquaman. It's to rule Atlantis because that's what he feels like he's supposed to be doing. But he doesn't. Just like he doesn't want the surface world when it was full of heroes to be anything to do with his world. He also does not want. This world full of villains to take over Atlantis anymore the other way. So it's two villains who really, when put up against what's going on, aren't really villains anymore. Yeah. Uh, which is a cool take. And it doesn't deal with their origins at all, which I love. It's just That's going good. forward. Steve, what were you going to say? Um, well, I read both of those books. Yeah. I enjoyed them both. Um, but. One thing that I, I will say for Villains Month, I think throughout, that's been really cool, and I have been enjoying the event quite mm-hmm. a bit, is the the position that these books, some of them, not all of them, but mm-hmm. some of them, are placing these villains in, that a lot of them have gotten what they wanted or, or you know, what they've yeah. been striving for, because it wasn't, for two reasons, one, because it wasn't by their hand, mm-hmm. they're, they're upset. Yeah, but at the same time, now that their their mission or or their you know their vendetta or whatever is over, that they don't know what to do with themselves, mm. and it's just a really interesting thing to see what happens to a villain 
when they don't really have that reason to be a villain anymore. Yeah. And they're kind of left being like, well, you know, if we leave it, if I leave it to, to these guys, these guys are crazy. They're just going to screw everything up. Yeah. You know, if we thought that there were problems and there were heroes around, imagine like ocean map, like what, what could the villains possibly dump in the ocean mm-hmm. or just wait until the day when they try to take below and rule above as well. Yeah. And it's just, it's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. It's, it's amounting to be quite a, quite a cool event mm-hmm. in, in more ways than one. I've, I've really been enjoying it. I didn't expect to enjoy it as much. Uh, I'm still waiting for that forever evil too. I feel like that's been this forever. Week. It is. It's this week. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and the, the interesting thing about this too, is that it's the ocean master one, especially because, uh, you know, he's escaped the prison. He's trying to get to the ocean and mm-hmm. things have gone crazy, right? There, there's vandalism. There, you know, uh, you know, people are kidnapping people. They're breaking into homes. They're whatever. And this mother has an, the, her nine-year-old son, uh, who is basically he's going to be killed. And she says this to Orm as he's running by because he happens to help her because he, he needs something and and he happens to help her just for that reason. She's like, my nine-year-old son. He's in trouble. And he goes, it's not my problem. I don't care about any service dwellers. Uh, and I'm going to kind of spoil the end of the issue because it's just the beginning, but like it, it, uh, I won't say exactly what he says, but the moment he has a moment of realization that works very, very well and shows you again that he does what he does because he's the ruler of this underwater thing and his interests are different than ours, but it doesn't mean that he's a monster. And Mm. I like that a lot. Uh, the last page is great. And also, you know, you're going to get more of it because uh, it says not the end at the end of it. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Stephanie, I know that you read Aquaman. Did you read either of these yeah. Villains Months? Not yet. Okay. I got them, but I just, the Villains Month stuff just was overwhelming for me. Yeah. Trying to keep up with my regular stuff and then read those as well. Mm-hmm. So I kind of took a step away from them to kind of read, you know, in doses at a later date. But eh. Yeah, no, I mean, but uh, you won't be disappointed though. As someone who okay. likes Aquaman. What was that? What was the second one you... Uh, Ocean Master. Okay. Who's his brother? I got brother? that one. Yeah, Orm. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, Black Manta and Ocean Master are the two. Yeah. Um, and then uh, another one too, Justice League 23.4, which is Secret Society, uh, number one, uh, deals with, uh, you know, uh, Owlman and, and Alfred and the dimension that they come from leading into when he comes here. So it gives you a background on the things we haven't been seeing during the events of Justice League of America and Justice League. We've seen this character and we've seen him in uh, you know, uh, Trinity War and stuff like that. This gives you who he is and what he's doing and why they, they, they come over and the, the deceptions that go on between the, the, the crime syndicate that even they are not so hmm. you know good with each other. Um, and it deals with Lex Luthor and the Joker in the in this other worlds and, and and the difference in them and who who Nightwing is there and and all of these things because um, Nightwing there is Talon that's his name so um, oh. and this is part of the reason why they kidnapped Dick Grayson is because uh, Owlman still wants Dick Grayson to be his partner so that's kind of what this story is mm. about cool. um, it's really really good. Uh, it, it was great because if you're not familiar, this is one of those times where a background story is perfect. Because if you're not familiar with those characters, they haven't been in the universe yet. Right. They're just coming here. This deals with their backstory, and it deals with it in a different way than the Morrison 
book does. Yeah, have you gotten a chance to read that? One? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. It in in it deals with it in a different way because that very much you know focused on just the end of that kind of uh, dimension into the mm-hmm. into the new one, and this deals with more of the the street level Gotham stuff with Owl Man. Which That's why is I bought it. Very, very cool. You, you, you really enjoy it. Well, with that with that mentality, exactly. Where yeah. I was like, I you know, they're brand they're brand new to me. Yeah. So if I'm going to learn about them, if the book is called The Mystery Society. I bet yeah. you know. Yeah. This will be the one. Yeah. Um, Secret Society. So I'm sorry. Mystery Society is the book that Stephanie was talking about. Oh my brain. Yeah, get him straight. <laughs> my brain, I can't help it. Get your society good. straight. Yeah. Uh, so all the villains messed up. I read this past week. Uh, I thought was really good. Um, really quick. I read the first volume of The Unwritten. And? Uh, I loved it. Ooh. I loved it. It's funny. Uh, I've been... I mean, my actual book of the week, which I'll talk about in a second, it all deals in the same vein, but uh, I actually kind of oddly wanted to read them because I've been wa- I've been watching that Sleepy Hollow show. Oh, so I've, I'm all caught up on Yeah, it. me too. And so I've been, I've been into this, like, literature in a different, you know, different setting, different time. Um, and I've been really enjoying that show. I think that, that it's, it's doing a really good job, but, uh, so that's why I picked up, uh, the unwritten and it's awesome. And, and I really, really love, and I think I'm going to end up picking up the actual like novel graphic novel they put out, which is one of the books, mm-hmm. the, the book inside the book, the Tommy Taylor. Oh, it was uh, written stuff. by somebody, right? Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, it's, it's him. It's my carry, but it's, okay. it's like the character is like a Harry Potter type character. Yeah. They're all um, like Harry Potter characters. It's like Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Yeah, yeah. And mm. the opening scene is basically like the final scene of that series. Um, and it's written really well. Like if that was a book in that, an actual book on the shelves, I would read that book. It's funny. I've heard mm. such mixed things about that. But uh, I've, I've wanted to check it out for so long. The, the first volume, whatever the first volume is really, really good. So uh, cool. I'm excited to keep going with that. Um, but my book of the week was a trade that came out uh, I guess two weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, Five Ghosts, The Haunting of Fabian Gray, which is a, a series uh, from Image. Um, I'm not going to say the author's last name right. It's Frank J. Bar- Barbier? Barbiere? Barbiere. 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 <laughs> and, yeah. um, that font, by the way, is very familiar to someone on the cover of Five Ghosts here. If yeah. you're a fan of older comics, it's the many ghosts of Dr. Graves from Charlton okay. way back in the day. And Chris uh, Mooneyham is the artist. And I want to start out by saying the art is freaking gorgeous. It's beautiful, beautiful art, uh, different styles. How much was that? Ten bucks. Jesus. Wow. I had, I, oh, my God. I, I bought three issues of the five, and that cost me more than yeah. getting the trade. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Image is good about that kind of stuff, though, with the trades. Um, and the colors by Lauren Affy and SM uh, Videari are, are uh, I'm not, that's how I say the name either. But, but yeah, I'm going to go with it. Uh, really great. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a serialized kind of old school Indiana Jones type tale of an, uh, kind of a roguish adventurer who he had a big um, dis- tragedy in his life. And he got these powers where he can access these five ghosts um, who are all kind of versions. Some of them are the actual people. He never says them by name. But there's a, a wizard. There's an archer who looks like Robin Hood. The detective who looks like Sherlock Holmes. There's a samurai. And there's a vampire who's basically Dracula. You know, it's all of these classic characters literary characters oh. and he's accessing them because he has been possessed by them in this spell that he did but it cost 
not the life, but the consciousness of someone very, very dear to him. So he's trying to find a way to bring that person back because he feels uh, unbelievably guilty about it. Hmm. And it's this story, which was I think was originally limited, but I think it's going to there's at least going to yeah, be another continuing. miniseries. Um, it takes him kind of developing his power and figuring it out and dealing with the the guilt that he has. Uh, if you're a fan of those serialized stories, if you're a if you're a fan of uh, it, has a lot of pulp elements as well. It definitely it pulls in a lot of old school elements, uh, but does not feel like a mimicry or a recreation. It feels like a fresh story, but in the genre of of, of those areas. Um, really, really good. Uh, I had a ton of fun with it. I it was. And also a good action. Like it was good to see him using these powers and he accesses them and you get to see the artist re- renders kind of the specter that he's uh, using uh, in a creepy way. But also when, when he when he gets his power and he does this thing, it, it gives you kind of a thrill as well. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, I highly, highly recommend it. And for only $10, it's very, very worth it. Does it come to sort of a natural conclusion? It, it does. And the thing is like it, I think by the time they ended it, they knew that they were going to get more. Um, it definitely concludes this part of his story, and the problem that he's having at the start of the story gets resolved by the end as far as a smaller-scale thing, but the larger-scale issue of what's going on with the person he is he loves who is you know at death's door does not get resolved. That's, okay. still, that's still to come. Uh, but it does set up you know a, a, a giant uh, you know kind of ring of of bad guys and supernatural uh, roadblocks for him to get through in the future. And it's shipping up. I think it, it could be really exciting as kind of, if it, if it does sort of what kind of, you know, like the, the Mike Mignola universe stuff does where it comes mm-hmm. out with like miniseries, 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 and they kind of all connect, but they're not, you, you didn't really have to have read issue before that to understand what's going on. I think sure. it'd be perfect for this kind of thing. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, uh, really good. And it deals also with, the idea is there's this kind of dream world, right? And it's the shared the shared consciousness of uh, of the world where all the fiction in the world comes from. But wh- who's to say that that stuff could not materialize as reality? So that's what these are. These are things that are from fictions materializing into reality. Um, it's it, it's it's really really good. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I have I got to pick up. Uh, I believe I have four and five behind the counter. Awesome. Yeah, definitely definitely check it out. All right. So that's it for our Book of the Week segment. Um, We'll be right back, and we're going to talk some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and some Marvel teasers. are back and we're gonna be talking a little bit about some tv stuff then we're talking about some of the all new marvel now uh teasers that have come out but first it's already been a couple weeks and we weren't here last week to talk about it um but we want to talk about marvel's agents of shield because uh big huge thing to happen in the comic book world i mean big thing to happen in kind of movie tv crossover world I, i don't remember anything ever being like this where a movie universe was linked to a tv show uh, mm-hmm. in, in this way um, 
you know, Marvel's Agents of Shield is, and it's the longest name in the world, and it's, it's the most pain in the ass <laughs> name to write because you have to write Marvel's Agents of, and you have to write S period, H period. It's yep. it's a pain in the ass. Um, which is, it's a problem for four people in the entire world. It's but, probably a problem for search engines too. Yeah, probably it is. Uh, but it takes place uh, uh, after the Avengers, and it deals with uh, a returning Agent Coulson putting together a, a team of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents to basically go out and find these heroes and super-powered people that are popping up. And they have a kind of terrorist organization that has a mysterious and shadowy leader uh, opposing them, trying to find them first. So, the, and this first issue deals with uh, a character played by J. August Richards, who is another Whedon alum, who is on... Uh, on Angel, uh, who has powers and is just learning to deal with, with what's coming uh, from them. Obviously, it's created by Joss Whedon and his brother Jed Whedon and Marissa Tuncherian, I believe is how you say her last name. I'm not going to – I don't know if I'm exactly right about that. Um, and obviously brought you with you know, the whole Marvel universe behind it. Uh, Bob, what did you think? I enjoyed it. I was not blown away. Okay. There, it's a little thin on plot. mm a lot of character introductions. I did enjoy that it was all new agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We weren't going to try to shoehorn Dum Dum Dugan and Clay Quarterman, all these people. You can now move forward with all new characters. And a lot of them were quite entertaining. Agent Ward, I, I loved a lot. Sky, mm-hmm. she was fun too. Clark Gregg, awesome. Loved the shout outs. We have extremists and so on. The whole uh, we're giving people powers thing, seen before, seen it way too often. Calling it Centipede when you could call it AIM pretty easily and have a, have a nice, fun thing with that. On the whole, a really nice introduction. You need to get these characters in place. I think the real key to it will be what last night's episode was that we haven't watched yet. Yeah. Steve? Well, I don't want to say anything in case it's a spoiler, but Centipede, is that the name of the organization? or is name that of the just project. The project. It was Project Centipede, yeah. So... It still could be. So Okay. But yeah. it could also be AIM. It could, I mean, no, we, I'm saying, know, yeah, yeah, it could all, it could, all, okay. it could be Hydra, it could be a lot of stuff, yeah. Uh, my general impressions of it, I had a lot of fun with it. I really enjoyed the fact that it pays attention and it is in continuity with the films. I liked the nods to it. There was one nod in particular uh, to a certain comic book that I've been championing this year. Journey uh, into Mystery. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to give it away, but yes. Ding, ding, ding. Like, she says, real journey into mystery. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> oh my God. My friend Brandon was like, are you okay, man? Like, it's turned into mystery. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm like, yeah, you know it. Uh, I, a lot of the things that, that – the some of the things that people are kind of saying how some of the characters, you know, they're not, they're not developed or we don't know too much about the plot or where the show is going to go, I'm totally going to chalk that up to this being a first episode and it being an introduction to just – the vibe of what the show is going to be about. I, I will completely give it not getting to the meat of, of the, of the show of the matter. But I mean, I had fun with it. I laughed a lot. Uh, I expected to, cause it's a Joss Whedon show, but I was really looking forward to how much his formula would transfer over into the show because maybe you, you went all out on, on the film and that's, you know, his, his stuff is all over Avengers. Mm-hmm. But is it going to transfer into television? It's in the films, and it's totally all there. They 
talk about things that we've seen happen directly. They don't skirt around things. They mention heroes by name. They mention events by name. Uh, having Agent Coulson back is just awesome. And I do, I like the fact that they, they're leaving quite a bit of mystery as to why he's returned. Uh, some people were saying that they thought it was a little cheesy that they, some of the lines they use to kind of give the audience like, well, there's more. Mm -hmm. It's comic book stuff. Yeah. That's what comic books do. Yeah. You know, they, they bait us with some of those, you know, cliched lines and whatnot. It's like kind of part and parcel of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I like the idea of seeing a, a show about S.H.I.E.L.D. because I don't really, as much as I've seen them in the comics and I've heard their name, I don't know anything about S.H.I.E.L.D. So if we could have this television show introduce us to a whole other aspect, a very street-level tech side of you know, the people behind who cleans up after the superheroes or who works with them you know, on the side, and we get to know a couple of those really cool characters, maybe they show up in the movies just as a cameo, or something like that. Uh, it's just more more of a good thing so mm -hmm. far. So I really enjoyed it. I'm really looking forward to catching the next uh, episode tomorrow. Uh, Steph, what did you think? Um, I didn't have high hopes. And I mean, that's nothing against Joss Whedon. I love Joss Whedon stuff, but I just kept my expectations low because it's different from, you know, Avengers. And it's different than the other TV shows that he's done, which have been like creations of his own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of have avoided trailers again for this cause I wanted to go in completely fresh and the first couple of minutes I was like, wow, this is so hokey and like bad hokey. I was like, Oh, please don't let the whole show be like this. I don't want to hate this. I want to love this. And like, there's a part where one of the characters is climbing up a wall and like his feet aren't even touching the wall at one point. Yeah. And I'm like, really? How did we miss this in production, guys? Yeah, like, some of the, some of the effects were. I mean, some yeah, of them were really good, and then others like, were a little. Eh. Well, mm -hmm. like that was like one of the first things, and I was kind of like, "Oh God, please let this get better." This is like this looks like Heroes, like when it got bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then it takes like this really sudden turn, like, and all of a sudden it goes from bad hokey to fun hokey, like mm -hmm. comic book hokey. And you get, like, so much of that Joss Whedon humor in it. And there's so many cameos. At, oh, my God. I love Fitzsimmons. Mm -hmm. And those people who are saying they don't understand them, shut up. Don't be <laughs> so, like, uncultured. You don't need to put on the subtitles. They speak perfect English. Yeah. So, just saying. But mm -hmm. I loved them. And I loved, like, the part where he's like, Fitzsimmons. And they're like, Fitzsimmons. And... <laughs> It was so, I loved them. And um, Coulson, and it, it was in the trailer, so I know it's not a spoiler, but like when he comes out and he's like, that corner was really dark. Mm -hmm. I couldn't help myself. Yeah. There's a bulb out. <laughs> oh, I was like, so, such a Joss Whedon thing to do. Yes. I loved it. I loved, and Sky, um, initially I kind of had a problem with her as a character, because, and not like as a character per se, the actress herself, because she's got that sitcom face, like really exaggerated. <laughs> no, no, I don't mean like, I'm no, serious. I like, like the terms. Yeah. She's got that sitcom face. She does. Like she's got a sitcom face where, you know, like, um, like Kaylee Cuoco, whatever her. And like, you know, there's a lot of actresses that are in sitcoms and they rely on facial expressions to, 
you know, really convey what's happening for them. And she's one of those actresses. And I, I was like, whoa, I don't know if she fits into this because she, she's just like lots of eyebrow movements and all mm. sorts of stuff. I don't mean that in a bad way. No, but she's like, just bigger. You mean she's yeah. bigger than everyone else is playing it. She's playing it bigger. Yeah. yeah. And um, like she's. It's not a bad thing. Like, once she gets into it, I'm kind of like, by the end of the episode, I was like, I really like this character. Mm. But at first, it took me a little while to get kind of, like, past her overacting. Mm -hmm. So, um... Was it her interrogation scene that sold you when they bring her in finally? I don't know what it was. I just thought by the end, it was like, she was just a fun character. I liked her... I don't even know if it was the character, or the actress, per se. Um, I just liked her lines. I liked her witty banter... And I think she has the potential to be a really interesting character. So um, that was more what I felt I connected to as opposed to the girl who's playing her. Mm. But she grew on me. I like I like her pep. <laughs> See, sassy. A sass. It's the word of the day. Sassy. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, <laughs> I am lunging. I will say I something I do agree with you. The first, uh, probably the first five minutes or so, I I was not into it. You know, I was I, I there's no one who loves Joss Whedon more than I do. But even the stuff that was happening, it just wasn't hitting for me. Um, but once they got in back into Shield headquarters and it was the you know Maria Hill talking to Agent Ward. Um, once we were in that that zone. I started, I started to, I was into it. You know, I started feeling the rhythm of it. I started, the joke started landing, mm-hmm. you know, for me. Um, the, the Colson joke where he's hiding in the, in the room, that hit for me. That's, that's completely Joss Whedon, you know, subverting the, the drama of, of those, how those scenes usually are. And then it, it really was when they're in kind of the room with like the TVs and Maria Hill is uh, there and uh, Colson is talking about, you know, the Agent Ward's report. And he says, and under people skills, she just gave you a little piece of poop yeah. with uh, like <laughs> swords yeah. coming out of it. That can't be oh. good. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that, like her in the background, she's like, Indi-, like she's trying to like say something. Yeah. She's trying to speak up for her what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was like, I really liked Maria Hill, but she's really toned down from the movie version of her. Like, her hair isn't pulled back, and mm. you know she's not as stern. Like she, you get to see. I mean, she's still a stern character, but. She seems um, less formal. She looks a lot more like Robin. She was in, she was much more in Robin Scherbatsky mode. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not at war with aliens. No, we're so not. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Um, no, I, enjoy, I, I once we were in that zone, I really enjoyed it. And you know, the thing about it is, it's people talking about the the lack of progression and stuff. It's a television show, and the television show that's it, it's going to have there's going to be 24 episodes <laughs> this year, so you can't you can't go all the way in, in one episode. Um, it, it had an interesting line to toe as well because it had to really play to multiple audiences. You know, first and foremost, it has to play the audience who do- doesn't has never seen the Avengers. They don't know what they don't know who any of these characters are. They don't know who Agent Coulson is. They don't know what happened. Even though if you feel like there are there's no one out there who hasn't seen the Avengers, sure. there are people who have not seen it and people who don't really care. And so maybe they're checking out because oh, it's the new show on ABC that you know it's going to have spies and it's going to you know it's going to be mysteries. So I'm going to check it out. And I think they did a good job of establishing, reestablishing the people uh, in the show, and also did a good job giving us people who are really into that stuff our, our little our blips and bops there to to get there us like into the nod to uh, Black Widow too. Yeah, yeah. 
which was awesome. And I think that, uh, I think, but like by the end of the episode, I was, I, I pretty much liked everybody in, in the new cast. Uh, I loved, um, Fitz and Simmons. I thought that they were great. Uh, and I loved, uh, Agent May. I thought mm-hmm. she was badass and, mm-hmm. and, and, and pretty awesome. And I, I liked that, like the Colson stuff they, they have, they have began the seeds of there's something going on with that character. Why ever she doesn't want to be out in the field anymore? What does it happen in her career? Why does everyone talk about her the way she, they talk about her? There's obviously a story there. So they're laying the groundwork for, for larger things to come. Oh, so good. And the red tape line. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I always wondered where they make the red tape. Yeah. <laughs> All um, great weed and I stuff. thought it was a really good start to it. Pilots are so iffy sometimes. And I think this was like a really fun way to be like, this is what our show is going to be like. If you like this, then stay tuned. Yeah, absolutely. Steve. Um, even though, I mean, I, th- I thought it was cool, but even though I wasn't completely on board with the, I guess the superhero plot of this particular one, I like that the way that it ended, that it, it ended with a lot of heart yeah. and it kind of changed uh, in tone dramatically mm-hmm. towards the end. But it wasn't just dramatics for the sake of it, just for showing like, oh, we can do this too, that it actually fit in well with the circumstances. And it got really, really heartfelt yeah. for a couple of moments. And it, like I said, it didn't feel shoehorned in. It felt like a natural progression to that. Mm-hmm. And there was a really, really great moment with Coulson. Uh, towards the end in that situation. I don't want to ruin yeah. anything um, for anyone. Yeah. The only thing like regarding the actual story and like what happened, and again, I don't want to spoil it, but um, there's somebody who's like, I, I don't know. I won't spoil it, but there's a fringe episode that's almost identical. Yeah, like, I know what you're in, talking about. Yeah, like I was like, this is very familiar. <laughs> like exactly-ish familiar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, guys. Mm. Oh. Well, I mean, Aww. it also, I, I, uh, all right, we're going to cut off the huzz because now you sound like you're <laughs> trolling. So we're going to stop that. I'm not. No, I meant it. I just meant like there was a lot of similarities between a couple. Of, like, it's not like, obviously, it's a completely different premise. There's different characters. It's not going to be like, you know, Olivia and Walter are not superhero agents. Mm-hmm. They do not work for S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. So, there's things that are different, but there was like aspects of it where I was just like, I hope that they, I mean, it's hard because nothing's really original these days, mm. but I hope a lot more of the episodes to come have, uh, um, things that I'm not trying to constantly compare them to. You didn't hear that this is a episode for episode remake of fringe. You didn't know Shut that. Up. Shut up, Bobby. You didn't hear that? I'm right. just saying things, okay? <laughs> right. I think it's, it's an episode birds. of the Flash, and it's the Birds of Prey, and it's yeah. 14 comic books. And yeah, yeah. It's... yeah um, I mean, it also deals heavily in what happens with Iron Man 3. You know, there, yeah. there's the, the, it, this, it's, it's, it's very, not weird, but I did not expect, because obviously they're making them around the same time, and those things are going on. You know, Iron Man 3 came out four months ago, five months ago. And this is already dealing with stuff that is going on in that. So, uh, I was surprised to see that kind of stuff. And I would agree with you, Steve. I think by the end, what I loved about the ending, especially that kind of ending speech between the, 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 the dialogue between yeah. Colson and, and J August Richards, the, uh, it became about something. The episode became about something and it was, and it dealt, it used, what's happening in kind of their fictional superhero world to very much mirror what, what happening, what's happening in our real world right now. And I think it did it very effectively. Um, 
And it was nice to see that side of Coulson because we don't really see that side of Coulson in the movies. He's meant to just, in the movies, he's funny and quirky and a little bit weird and very sarcastic. Um, and here we get to see a, a deeper range of his uh, emotions. Well, he means business. Yeah. That moment where they, they're like, we, we, don't, we don't know what to do. And he's like, we'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. You know, like, I want it done. Yeah. And if you can't do it, then why the hell are you here? Yeah. yeah so. there, there's some carping in that he isn't a strong enough character mm. to run this operation, to, mm. to be the lead of the show. And I think it's very short-sighted that every television lead has to be giant, muscular, mm-hmm. handsome guy in the fancy shirt. Yeah. No, it's a regular fella yeah. who does something beyond regular. Yeah. It's something extraordinary coming from him and his strength of character is what's going to make this show fly. Right. And I really loved that it was not one of these two-hour bloated, mm-hmm. stretched out, we'll make a TV movie out of it and just yeah. go back along the same ground two or three times. Got to where they were going, introduced the characters, started to move it forward. Yeah. And we'll have to see, I, I, I think, and they, I think they've said as well that at least for the beginning, it's going to be uh, more procedural than you'd probably expect. It's going to be very like, this is the threat of the week. And as we move through these threats, we're going to sort of build our mythology uh, together. Um, I like so, that, though. Yeah, no, if they can, if they can do it uh, well, if they can use it to build an overarching story within these more procedural elements, it's what a lot of successful shows do. And, and you have to believe, I mean, if you know Joss Whedon's work, he can't help but do uh, you know, large mythologies. But if you look at his shows, a lot of them deal with large mythologies with week-to-week uh, basically MacGuffins. You know, a, 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 to to get through the message that he's trying to get through. Mm-hmm. So the big bad, the big bad, exactly the big bad. Premiered uh, to very good ratings, by great. the way. Yeah, it's, it's just weird thing. You know, it's the highest ratings in like five or six years, and it was like the the new V show mm-hmm. or whatever was the last time something that got higher ratings in its first in its Ooh. first episode. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it stacks up and it stays. I mean, it, I, I think the built-in fan base will definitely keep it going, uh, but we'll, we'll have to see. It will all be about quality. But it seemed like. In general, the mass audience reviews were very good. Um, you know, obviously there was a lot of there was griping among the the more hardcore, but that's always to be expected when when you get into things like this. Um, yeah, and I mean we'll be, we'll be periodically talking about it as we go. I'm sure when big things happen, we'll, we'll stop back in and we'll talk about uh, what happens. Um, there might have something really big happened uh, that, that on this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been rumors of cameos and such. Uh, on the second episode. And here we are, podcasting. I know. It's already over, I think. <laughs> See what we do for you people. So, yeah, so we'll watch <laughs> it once we're done. Um, so in, in more TV news, uh, so two uh, rather big announcements coming out of the, the DC side of things. Uh, the first one uh, was a show called Gotham, uh, which will focus on a young Jim Gordon when he's still a member of the police force. Uh and his early days before Batman, but will include supposedly uh, some of the rogues gallery that exists in in the Batman universe. Um, it's being brought to you, I believe it's Bruno Heller, I think his name is. He did Rome, and he's and he's also the creator of that show, The Mentalist. That's on uh, that show, The Mentalist. That show, The Mentalist. <laughs> you know, it's like that '70s show, but with a mentalist. Yeah, that show. It's Alma like really that- likes that show. Uh, that everyone's oh. mom and grandma likes the mentalist. That's the way it goes. He's such a dream. Um, it's like <laughs> it's in Land of the Dead. That's he's a good, good actor. He's in uh, LA Confidential. He's a good actor. But delightful. He's 
It's like the serious version of uh, that show Psych that's on uh, USA. It's like the same exact premise. Watch that. Same exact premise. Um, I've seen Psych. I've seen like four seasons of Psych. Well, there you go. Wow. <laughs> it's I. It was fun for a while, yeah. and then they kind of it, it lost. The, the thing with his power or what, what he claims to be his power, they kind of stopped using it and it, it got a little weird for me, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed it for a time. So, uh, Stephanie, what do you think of a show dealing with a young Jim Gordon? That could be cool. Um, I don't know if we really need like a sort of detective show. And I, I feel like it's going to wind up just being a detective show. Then it just happens to be, know set in gotham Mm -hmm. but at the same time i think that could be cool i mean we don't get to see a lot of jim gordon in the movies i mean we get like a little bit and obviously gary oldman ah, and he won't be in the tv show which is uh, but i i i think it could be fun um and i mean rome that's a pretty awesome show rome is an awesome show Mm -hmm. it's absolutely true i mean if you know that has, I mean, not if that has anything to do with it. It's Rome meets Jim Gordon. <laughs> um, but I mean, Jim Gordon in a toga. He has lots yeah. of sex. Yeah. That quality, the quality that I've come to expect from things like Rome, factors into it in any way, shape, or form. It definitely has potential. Yeah. Every so, other word's gonna be cock. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Watch Rome again, and you tell me what word comes up more than any other in that show. No? <laughs> I wasn't counting. Mm. Uh, Bob, what do you think about this? <laughs> it's a great idea. It yeah. certainly gives them a chance to introduce all the supporting characters that we've come to know. Mm-hmm. How far back are we going? Is he a lieutenant at this point in his I, 20s, 30s? I think it's going to be probably late 20s, early 30s, you know, TV star age, which yes, is okay. what kind of happens there. Not based on Greg Ruckers, right? No, it's not Gotham Central not at all. Because Gotham Central deals not with Batman, but it deals in a world where Batman exists. This is pre, this is pre Batman being in Gotham City. Okay. Um, so, as long as it doesn't turn into an NCIS sort right. of mm-hmm. one of those sort of things, they give, give us some overview of what is Gotham City. Right. Make it seem like the comic book world is just around the corner, maybe. Mm-hmm. A little dramatic foreshadowing kind of thing. I can it can be a lot of fun. Yeah, Steve, what do you think about this? I like Commissioner Gordon a lot mm-hmm. as a character. He's always been one of my favorites in the Batman universe. I think it could be cool. I think I'll be a little bit more excited about it when I start to hear about some of the rogues or they start to give us more of a idea as to what it's going to be. But I will definitely be checking it out. I loved Rome. When I watched, I watched, I guess, two seasons. It was only two seasons, I think. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, it was it was epic. Mm-hmm. You know, And I know it's, it's not going to be HBO-level production or anything like that, but if they can do do well with the casting and cast a good charismatic, but kind of like grizzled uh, actor. It could really work. He has, he's like who, if we get to find out who the man is and how Gotham shaped him to be the, the one person that would accept and believe in the Batman, the vigilante and see through all of that and kind of, you know, induct him into being a hero within the within the police force. We could tell a good story of that kind of man. That would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think when when Stephanie was saying about it, basically is going to be a cop show, detective show. I think she's probably right about that. Um, but for me, if, if they're going to exist anyway, I'd rather it be about something that I'm interested in. You know, and uh, Gordon is definitely a character that I, I love, and... 
if these are mysteries instead of dealing with, you know, the perp of the week, if it's, you know, the Joker or it's the Riddler or it's the Penguin, that's more interesting to me because yeah. I know those characters and whether it, you know, I'm sure they'll, it'll, they'll be cagey about it for a while and it'll Zazz. be, yeah, yeah. Mr. Zaz, that'd be probably, yeah. you'll definitely see Mr. Zaz. Calendar man. Could yeah, be cool. exactly. And I think they'll, I think they'll play, they'll probably call them by their real names for a while. You don't want to hear, you probably want to hear a lot of penguins or it'll be like, they call him the penguin, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. You've seen that Oswald Cobblepot? Yeah. Boy, is he strange. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I think that the right lead uh, and it feels to me like what, what Fox. This is gonna be on, this is gonna be on Fox, which is interesting in its own right. But what Fox tends to do, if you look at shows like House, you look at shows like Sleepy Hollow, they tend to do this kind of like you know roguish, really smart, uh, but a little bit little bit dastardly lead, um, and they play off of that personality quite a bit. It seems to be kind of in their comfort zone. And I Hugh think, Laurie as Gordon. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's also a little, probably a little too old, but I, I think that. If if it's that kind of personality driven show, I I think it will probably. I honestly think that when this comes out, it's gonna piss off probably some comic book fans because it's not gonna be the James Gordon from year one or anything like that. But I think if they can hit somewhere in 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 that area, in that vein, in that spirit, and pull off an entertaining procedural, I think that you get the people who watch them anyway, and then you also get the people who love comic books and want to see that stuff. Um, so. I, I, I love the fact that comic books are getting so big and, and this stuff is getting so big and mainstream that they're attacking what is the most mainstream uh, of television properties, the procedural cop show. I, I think that's a pretty cool thing. Even if I don't watch it, I, it's pretty cool that it would be on. Uh, it would be an option for people to check out. For, for, that's what I think personally. Um, the next, other thing... Oh, I was going to say, next up, superhero sitcom. Yeah, which would be amazing. <laughs> love and capes. Love yeah. and capes, yeah. Um, the other announcement was that and it's it's a big it's a big uh, week for Mentalist producers because another producer on the Mentalist uh, is creating oh, Constantine, right. a Constantine television show on NBC with David Goyer, who we all know who David Goyer is. Um, <laughs> uh, David Goyer, veteran obviously of television and movies, um, bringing a John Constantine show to NBC. Um, what did he do in television? He it's a show for stars. It's the Vinci's Demons, and I believe he also works on Person of Interest with Jonah Nolan. Oh, I saw the I, uh, first believe. episode for that. It's good. It's a good show. Again, it's too procedural for me in general. I don't really watch it, but what I've seen of it has been entertaining. And that's the thing about all those shows for me. I, my, you know, because my mom watches all of those shows, and so when I go over there for dinner, sometimes they're they're on or watching them, and I'm always like, oh, that was pretty good. You know, that was entertaining hour of television, but it's not something I want to contribute. You know. Not something you want to set your DVR exactly, for. Exactly, exactly. Um, Those extra button presses, man. <laughs> yeah. So, Steve, what do you think about a John Constantine television show and one that's on network television? I'll, I'll tell you what I want it to be. Uh, if it was something to the effect of Supernatural, mm-hmm. in a sense of that it, it has a, you know, in the case of Supernatural, we have, well, one really charismatic lead and one that can be charismatic at times, but he's also kind of a wet blanket and has one face. But whatever. Um, I I would like a monster of the week, but that deals in like Satanism and just demons and things from other dimensions and magic. And if, I mean, you want to talk about cameos? You could have. That's a show that if you did it right and you decided to go weird with it, I don't know. 
how that would work on audiences. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's what I would want to see. I would want it to be strange. I would want it to set itself apart. Um, I'm not wholly familiar with John Constantine outside of Justice League Dark. But when I think of his show, I think of people showing up like Madame Xanadu and uh, uh, Zatara and having him live in this crazy, wicked, like Frankenstein-like house. I mean, the house that he owns Mm -hmm. travels through, you know, dimensions and such. So, and he's really, he's always screwing people over. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always some kind of, uh, there's something in it for him always. Even if he tells you that it's not, he's lying. Mm -hmm. And that could give us a really cool, something to have a main character that's kind of a, anti-hero shyster kind of guy but you still really like him Mm -hmm. so it could be really cool again it's about casting and it's about tone and delivery for me on that one like i said i would really like to see something lighter in tone i don't know if they're gonna go dark with it or uh i don't want it to turn out to be just like any other like not well not sitcom show but (laughs) i don't know that would be that would be interesting well that would be yeah (laughs) Um, we could pass it off to somebody else. Right. I think I've run out of thoughts. Right. Bob. I think this is another program that could be a nice introduction. If they're going forward with the Justice League Dark mm. movie, mm. Del Toro's movie, mm. you could begin to introduce those characters in little cameos, little bits and pieces, link them all together. And this could be a... It may be considering what they're doing with the Flash on Arrow. Yeah. That this could be the, the DC strategy to find a way into a Justice League movie, a larger movie universe, mm. using these. Yeah. You know, a Dead Man cameo, a Swamp Thing mm-hmm. episode, a lot of places to go. Animal Man, yeah. the whole dark side yeah. of the DC universe is right there to be had. And they're new to everybody, honestly, mm-hmm. yeah. except comic book folks. It would be a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I just want to say one more thing. Yeah. Um, something like Arrow. I mean, mm-hmm. Arrow's DC territory and stuff. Yeah. That took quite a while to get to the point where I was actually really enjoying it, but it still had so many of those eye-rolling, mm. melodramatic moments to it that if they can they can take that out and just do like a straight monster show, mm-hmm. I think would be really cool. Yeah. Stephanie, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it could be fun. I think it's more unique than doing a police, you know, procedural yes. kind of thing. But... Um, it would really have to depend on. Did they say who they're who's putting it out, or is it just like really... it's NBC? I mean, it would be oh. NBC. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it'll wind up being a bit like, and I know I'm being just comparatively like just throwing these out, but I feel like they're kind of doing this now on the heels of Grimm and all these other things. That's kind of just like, well, we kind of have something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, you know, I would obviously check it out for the characters and the fact that, you know, this is kind of what we do, um, (laughs) and give it a shot. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it really interests me per se, but it definitely, um, allows some new characters to be showcased or not new characters, but new characters to, you know, the general public, I guess. Yeah. Um, which is something that I think could be great but at the same time it could also be really kind of damaging to those characters if it's not done well yeah yeah it's true i mean this is the first would be the first thing coming my my, look i i love network tv i feel like constantine as a property 
is a little bit seedier than most stuff that you see on, you know, the the base channels that, yeah. that you get. So, I kind of feel like... Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead, Stephanie. It's like gritty, like Showtime, HBO kind of... Not like... And it doesn't even have to be that high quality, but it definitely needs to have uh, a less sensory kind of... Yeah, maybe FX. Yeah, it definitely feels like an... It feels like an AMC show to me. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, AMC would be good. You know, but... This is what I will say, though. If anybody, I didn't watch the whole series, but if anyone has watched Hannibal that came out yeah. last year, that show does not really pull any punches at all when it comes to the stuff that it shows and the darkness which it portrays. Um, you know, in it, and it's it's closer to that AMC type level of uh, kind of intensity that you're used to seeing. And so, if they're looking to do something like that with this show. That's the direction I think they need to go with it because, look, I mean, they've definitely softened him up in the DC New 52 and maybe that's kind of how they're selling it here, but he's a character that he's an alcoholic, he, you know, he's, let's say he's constantly screwing people over, he's in the the seedy underbelly of everywhere that he goes, and I feel like just having that, I don't need, I'm not saying we need, you know, nudity and a ton of cursing, but he does curse you know, we need we, it needs an edge to it. it needs some, and they, a great filmmaker and great writers can create that edge without having to resort to the kind of easy things we think of when we think of having an edge. But I just hope that doesn't lose um, what makes the character special. They do like Teen Constantine and do like <laughs> One Tree Alcoholics. Yeah, I'm gonna wow. be so pissed off. Yeah, that, that would suck. But oh. if they if they do something like we we're talking about and, the, and those cameos come in and, and they show that character. You know, as the character, he he really is this this foul mouthed, untrustworthy Englishman who's also really charming and interesting. I think again, a, as much as we think about on network TV, that's the kind of character that does really well on TV. I, it, it's so I feel as if it would really really work. Um, uh, the thing I'm interested in about both of these shows, not so much Gordon because that's taking place in the place in the past and doesn't really deal in current continuity, but. They're doing this Constantine show. It's not on the CW. It's on NBC. They're they're talking about this Justice League Dark movie, and it, does that mean they're going to cast the same person to the Constantine in the TV show that's going to play him in the movie, or does it mean that they're going to be separate actors? That I think is a little bit brand confusion because you can. I feel like you can do it with Batman. You can do it with Superman. You can probably even do it with the Flash. But it's tough to do it with characters that nobody knows. And it's, it, so if if they do a Constantine show that is successful. And, you know, does 20 episodes in a year. That's going to be John Constantine, people. And then you're saying, okay, this is the movie. And this other dude is playing him. It's going to be a little weird. Um, <laughs> They're definitely doing another Constantine, for sure. Movie. Well, they talk about the Guillermo del Toro has talked about his Justice League Dark movie. Oh, right. And Constantine is supposed to be a character in to that fair, movie. fair, Guillermo del Toro announces that he wants to do about 700 movies it's a true. year. It's yeah. true. It's absolutely true. I would um, really like to do this yeah. next week. Ooh, I like this. Yeah. Ooh. It's absolutely it's true. It's so pretty. And it's definitely years down the line, whatever it's going to be. Uh, I'm just, it feels less planned. And maybe, and it doesn't mean that it's not going to be a great show. It just, from the things they've been talking about, it seems odd for them, you know? Because it even does, and I guess they can probably still do shared TV universe. I, I don't know how that stuff works as far as, because Warner Brothers still produces the show. It's just right. that it happens to air on Fox and NBC and not on CW, the network that they partially own. So I don't know if Arrow characters would pop up in the Constantine show or the Flash characters. Who knows? But 
listen, it's cool that this stuff is pervading more and more. And I think that, you know, you saw with, after the premiere of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the ratings it got, I think that there was probably a lot of people, a lot of executives waiting to pull the trigger after they saw how that, that show did. Yeah, how I could mean, we not yeah. have bought that Wonder well, Woman pilot? I mean, yeah. <laughs> We're coming to a time where, I mean, by next, by the middle of next year, we could have like five or six comic book related shows yeah. on mm-hmm. at any given day of the week. Yeah, absolutely. On different networks. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. It, it's pretty crazy. These are the times. The times of the nerds. Yeah. <laughs> the time let's, of the nerds. Let's enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. We're gonna, it's going to be the nerd bubble soon. It's going to burst. Yeah. Um, nerds. All right. So let's talk about, we're going to do one more thing here. We're talking about... Uh, Obviously, New York Comic Con is coming up, and we, we talked about all new Marvel now, Oof. and there's a ton of announcements coming out. They've been teasing announcements that are going to happen at New York Comic Con. Um, before we get to the, the teasers, though, uh, they did announce uh, a new ongoing She-Hulk series uh, written by Charles Soule with art by Javier Polito, I mm-hmm. believe, is who's doing the art on, on that. Um, Bob, did you read about this? Yes, I did. What did you think? It sounds very much... As if he wants to channel the Dan Slott era, Mm -hmm. a lot of Jen as a lawyer, but also says he will break the fourth wall. He'll Mm -hmm. play with this. She is lighter Mm -hmm. in tone and character. It will be that dreaded word fun, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is fine. Jen is a hysterically funny woman, Mm -hmm. strong, powerful character, has a real job, has her own life. This is wonderful. This yeah. is great news. Polito's art is very nice, what I've seen of it. Mm. Uh, we'll see if this works. I hope it will sell. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not, <laughs> I, I, I got a letter from one of our listeners today who's now fallen in love with Fearless Defenders. <laughs> the uh-huh. start of the letter is from Joseph Tremonti. It is 47 cut-and-paste sentences, don't fall in love with a Bob Breyer book. Don't fall in love <laughs> <laughs> because it's going to get canceled. So I just have the funny feeling that She-Hulk may fall into that. Hopefully the times are finally changing, mm-hmm. that this book will open big and stay there because I I wanted a She-Hulk book mm-hmm. since the other ones were canceled. Senior in FF uh, with Mike Allred and Matt Fraction just really heightened my awareness of wanting some more of this. So I'm By the way, very oh, much. Go ahead. I totally picked up Red She-Hulk, the first trade because of you. And did you read any? Not yet, but I picked it up. I just wanted you to tell you that. <laughs> Thank you so much for <laughs> trusting me. Hopefully you'll trust. like it. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's Charles, so one of the things he said about the character, he said, it's not at all out of character for Jennifer Walters to go out partying all night or spend a day hanging out at the beach. It's hard to imagine a story where, say, the Punisher does that. Um, at the, it says, at the same time, one of the things I want to work hard to do in this new series is treat her as a real person. She absolutely has problems, just like most of the heroes in the Marvel U, but she chooses to approach them with optimism and good spirit rather than surrendering to the grim and gritty. It takes a yes. lot to bring She-Hulk down, although we'll throw a lot at her. Um, that's, that's actually how I felt Like the She-Hulk diaries is actually really well like portrayed. Um kind of that sums up kind of how she's thrown out there for everyone in it mm-hmm. yeah well now we'll have tiger lawyer and hulk lawyer <laughs> <laughs> and yeah it's implicit Plato saying you know she's a lot thrown at her but she's not a tragic she's not a tragic figure in the way her cousin is or or a dark character 
Um, and she said, he says one of the things about her is, uh, yes, she's Hulk's cousin, but she's also gorgeous. That's a very important part of the character, and I plan to keep it. When she comes into a room, her presence calls for the attention of everyone there, not just for her skin's color. She has that kind of magnetism uh, around her. That all began, forgive me for jumping in, yeah. Roger Stern had her in the Avengers, mm-hmm. and he came upon the hook that makes She-Hulk work that mm-hmm. no one had found before. She enjoyed being the She-Hulk. She right. had fun 24-7, mm-hmm. being green, being alert. Whatever she was doing was a blast. Right. And in the worst situation, she'd make a joke. She'd mm-hmm. crack a smile with the other heroes, play poker with the thing, whatever else was going on, girls' night at the salon. Mm-hmm. She was just a fun character to read, and it sounds as if he's definitely channeling that vibe. Yeah. Can't wait. Absolutely. Steve, what do you think about this? Well, I had, uh, it's funny, I read the article about it, mm-hmm. and I was really excited about it. Hearing it again and hearing those particular quotes all kind of mushed together, it's, it sounds like a character that I really want to read. I mean, I'm already excited about it. I really like Charles Soule a lot. He's been uh, a great writer. Wherever he's popped up this year, I've really enjoyed some of his work. He, uh, he happens to be a lawyer yeah. uh, in real life, so I think that he'll lend a lot of that to the character seeing as she'll be in the courtroom mm-hmm. and outside of course but he's he's a great writer he's demonstrated a lot of different avenues uh just this year between swamp thing and strange attractors and you know even the thunderbolts like i said it was fun mm-hmm. it was it wasn't the greatest but it was a lot more fun than what i'd read when it had first debuted uh i'm not familiar with the artist i've probably seen their work but i'm not does stuff he did he's a, Hawk, a hawkeye issue mm-hmm. i think one or two hawkeye issues uh he's okay. d- done some um i think hulk uh Interstellar hulk stuff okay. yeah yeah well i mean let's just say for argument's sake i mean the the one thing now more than ever i'm always trepidatious about these new things because like bob said don't like a book that bob is you know <laughs> i it's all it, unfortunately it comes down to numbers mm. but there's there's nothing that that doesn't say that we can't have another captain marvel on mm. our hands where somebody can come along and introduce another strong female lead and from the descriptions and from where it sounds like their interest and their heart is in making this a good book it sounds exactly like that's what they're going to do and this is something that people should pay attention to and perhaps if we want more standout female characters like Captain Marvel, even though mm. she's had a couple of questionable times throughout the year, she seems to have always come out on top and there's always a new story to tell and when everybody thinks that thought that she was going to be gone, she's not. Yeah. You know, so maybe, just maybe, we'll have another strong female uh character on her hands i think that would be great i mean um, i don't think this book exists if captain if it wasn't for captain marvel I think right. this is oh, direct absolutely. direct re- result of it uh stephanie are you excited about this yeah i mean i i think my biggest kind of introduction to her was through the she-hulk diaries um but i really enjoyed that and i picked up red she-hulk and i kind of think that getting a chance to hop on at an issue number one for you know, a She-Hulk comic book is right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love the, the last sentence of this story from USA Today. It says, uh, Soul also promises amazing action. It's She-Hulk. She's got to punch stuff. It's why mm-hmm. she's punching stuff that will make this series good, uh, which I love as a, as a line. Um, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and he, he says one of the storylines, maybe Chameleon might come to her and want to sue someone for identity theft. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's so very funny. Yeah, and I, what I like about it, he said, is you know, he he mentions they they mention the uh, the the John Byrne stuff, they mention the Dan Slot stuff, but he seems to want to find his own thing. You know, he seemed to want to find some mixture of the two and kind of, you know. Not do exactly what Slot did, not do exactly what John Byrne did, but find the the thing that kind of will make his run remembered like those two people's huh. runs were. If he finds a blend between those two, which were the the, the key runs, right? In this, yes, boy, you're you're yeah mining for gold, right? Yeah, there. very excited. And you know, like it's really only because of all the last year, anything that she's been in, I've absolutely loved. Anything that character has been, in, I've absolutely loved. So I cannot wait to see more of her um that's one book we actually know about uh the rest we have no we don't really know what's going on but we can at least uh pose some some theories about this um wild guesses wild guesses now all of these teasers are one word teasers or one or two word teasers um that have a number one behind them uh the quick thing is i think these are all going to be all new marvel now titles there is it's there's almost a definite chance that a bunch of them are this rebranded number anything they're doing with the old books which mm-hmm. is you know when avengers number when uh when all new marvel now starts avengers is going to be avengers 24 point now and it's going to it's going to say rogues whatever, whatever rogue planet number 1 yeah. on the cover it's not resetting its numbering but it's going to have the secondary numbering on it so people who haven't been reading it can get back into it so a lot of these are probably going – some of these are definitely probably going to be those type of things. And I think that's what at least the first two are definitely going to be, which are uh, Trial and Judgment, which uh, – the Trial, the first one is Brian Michael Bendis and Stuart Immonen, Immonen, and Judgment is Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli, both with the same uh, coloring uh, on the on – the, uh, the words. Uh, my guess is definitely this is this is X Men stuff. This is post Battle of the Atom. Um, the 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 theory is it's going to be Jean Grey stuff. It's going to be Trial of Jean Grey because um, if she's going to stay, she has to deal with the consequences of what she did in, in the past. I think that's the that's the rumor anyway. This is no, nothing mm-hmm. solid, but this is the rumor of what what's yeah, going on. I've heard some guessing. That's yeah. all it was. The judge might even be a Guardians. Oh, it could be. It could be Angela. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. That's absolutely true. I didn't think mm. of that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, whatever she did to get her here has to be yeah has to be recon- judged, reconciled. Yes, yes. <laughs> has to be reconciled. Um, but yeah, those definitely feel, those, especially trial, which is that's the team that works on the all new X Men. Yep. So if that's that's got to be an X Men thing. I can't imagine that they're going to be doing a new book. Right. That, so they're actually using that as a guess. It's Sarah Pacelli on Judgment. It's she true. She just yeah. did Guardians. Right. She's doing last yeah. week, issue. She's on Guardians. So yeah, that's probably true for that Gorgeous as stuff. well. Um, the, the third one also seems like it's also going to be, um, existing series. It's Rick Remender, um, uh, mind bubble one. And he's been talking about this character for a while. Um, the art is, uh, Pascal Alexi and Nick Klein are, are the, the artists on the book. Um, mind bubble is a character he's been talking about in connection with Captain America for a while that he was going to be creating this villain that comes from the sixties, uh, to, that's going to be uh, dealing with dimensional changes. I don't know, or mind control stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know the, the exact the exact nature of it, but that seems to be what that is going to be. I heard that, and when I with Remender, figured it would be Cap. It sounds yeah. like another one of these Kirby villains from that period when he came back, right? With the Mad Bomb and yeah, those sort of things. I think that's definitely what he's going for. I think it's of his creation. I think, mm-hmm. but I think yeah, it's I don't in that think this is, a, this is not an original. It, yeah. From back then. It's yeah. original from now. Yeah. Um, so those three are not the most interesting to talk about because they're kind of 
we're not we could definitely be wrong but <laughs> it seems like those are the three that the that are going to definitely be older series just with their number ones on them i like the sound of that last one yeah i mean it's cool i mean i you know, I know uh, Bob was not enjoying the Captain America stuff, and I wasn't reading it, so I don't know. I like Remender generally as a writer, um, so I'll be excited to see what, what, what that is. I mean, if it is Cap-related, I've never read anything Cap, so right. that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I'm interested. Too. I mean, I was I keep I keep picking up the last issue of Cap because he's out of Dimension Z, finally yeah. he's back. I'm like, maybe I should read this. I have, like, no, this, you shouldn't. I, have this I read it. You oh, you read it? You should Oh, I didn't think you were reading it anymore. I'm not buying it anymore. Oh, you're reading it in the store. much different gotcha. ball of wax. Gotcha. Ooh. They're very terrible turn of events. Gotcha. For Cap. Okay. Um, so it's his beard. <laughs> it's a real problem. Uh, so the next one is our first, most likely new book, and this is we'll get get into it more. We're talking about this stuff. Um, the word is rad with an exclamation point. Silver rad, rad. Um, with names Dan Slot and Michael Allred underneath. Um, so it, the uh, rumor and and looks like it, this is almost what it's going to be is it's going to be a silver surfer book how could it not be um because norrin rad is obviously the silver surfer's real and name it's surfer's lingo ask keanu reeves yeah <laughs> um so i didn't even think about it like that i didn't even think about like the surfer aspect of rad i didn't even think about it like that um <laughs> stephanie let's get you involved in the conversation here okay. so, an ongoing silver surfer book written by dan slow with art by michael allred any interest on your part um, yeah, I, I, I don't have, like, I, I've read a little bit, like, I read the, um, oh, the parable, mm-hmm. uh, and that was really awesome, and I have, like, a little bit of, uh, like, I've read a, other few things, mm-hmm. words, English, <laughs> silver surfer things in the past, and I've really enjoyed him as a character, like, I think he's complex, and he totally could carry a series, and I, definitely think with an awesome team behind you know that character it could be an outstanding book mm-hmm. yeah and um, bob what do you think about this yeah. there's a lot to deal with with the surfer there's all that loss from why he became that character so you do want the overriding philosophy that when stan and john yusema did the solo book back in the 60s he has elegance and He's been taught humility by being stuck here, and that's an interesting combination added to the power that he possesses. We could all learn something from this character, which mm. is what the point of it was all those years ago. I think Dan Slott is perfectly the person, considering he's writing a book about with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. And a 60s-style art by Michael Allred, how can this not be a killer? Yeah. Steve, I know oh. you must be excited. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, I, I I freaked when I saw the. I I mean, that's what everybody is assuming it is. Mm. I would be very surprised if that's not what it was. My my I hate admitting this stuff on air, but I have no <laughs> choice. My first and only experience with the Silver Surfer is uh, Daredevil. Yeah, that, that issue. Re- Daredevil. That recent Daredevil. Yeah. That's the first time that Silver Surfer has shown up, and even with FF stuff that I've read, he hasn't. I haven't. No, he doesn't. He hasn't been used much of no. late. Galactus trilogy, I'm in the middle of it, oh. so he's there too. Yeah. But I, I could not be more excited because he's he's a character that not only do I know a lot of people love. Um, one of my best friends, he 
collects Silver Surfer. He likes a lot of the Cosmo kind of stuff, Thanos mm. and Apocalypse and Silver Surfer. And he's always bugging me to read stuff. He's constantly pushing books my way and I deny him because I keep telling him I have other people's stuff that <laughs> I've borrowed forever and need to read. But I mean, Dan Slott, I've, I love what he's doing with Superior Spider-Man. Really been enjoying that. And he's just a very funny and it, he seems to really get into his characters and i mean mike mike allred on art and i'm assuming that he'll bring laura along mm. i mean my god yeah some allred inspired or actually not even inspired some direct allred silver surfer yeah yes please yeah this is the one that i'm probably the most excited about of all the ones that they've they've teased um i love dan slot and i haven't read a ton of silver Surfer stuff uh but in the last couple of years, the Daredevil issue and the stuff in the Defenders was really good yeah. uh, as well. Um, and I mean, I will buy literally. I'll buy any book that Mike Allred does art on from now on. So <laughs> <laughs> anytime I see him on art, I'm going to buy that book. Uh, and to get to see him do the Surfer and use that style, and I, I, you know, the even though Samney is a very different artist than Mike Allred, the look of the Surfer in that had that you know poppy kind of uh very uh you know personality filled yeah it was very look. vibrant Vi- very vibrant look and i think that all will bring that as well and um pop arty yeah par- pop pop art pop art uh i'm so excited uh, yeah this is a this will definitely be a book that so i'm excited up. you're making up words uh, yeah puppert uh Bobby Shortle. That's just, uh, the, the quote will be on the back of the trade. Puppert. Uh, <laughs> Puppert masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, all right. On to the next one. And this one is also quite exciting. Uh, this one is Corporate. And the names underneath it are Peter David and Carmine D. Giondomenico. 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 All right. So. Uh, Bob, let's start with you. Obviously, Peter David. I'm not buying this. It's going to be junk. <laughs> no, uh, we're, uh, we have to assume this is Lorna Dane's new gig. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. at least that's what I'm thinking based on the way she walked off mm-hmm. into you know the wall into space at the end of that drunken mess in mm-hmm. X Factor. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. I hope to get to this panel to be able to ask a question or two. Yeah. Should be a heck of a lot of fun, and. Serious. It's Peter David. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Stephanie, big X Factor fan. What do you think about this? I think Bob pretty well covered that. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> bring in, bring in the, the commentary like only Stephanie can. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Steve, are you excited about this? I am excited about mm. it. I'm excited about it because that was the first thing I thought of was that issue of X Factor when she, she pretty much gets ushered into or offered a deal and immediately when i saw that word i i went back to that and if peter david's involved you know we could be getting another iteration of the x factor quite possibly maybe she's the leader of this mm-hmm. new group and uh it's more of a more of an organization than just a team it's going to be her you know spearheading this like like an underground base where you're you're a member of of a much larger unit or or force, kind of like you have your your aims and your shields and stuff like that. What if X Factor became an extension of those mm-hmm. and actually became an organization rather than just you know a six to seven person team 
you you're you're working for this you know the the betterment of this I, i'm losing the words <laughs> i'm sorry i apologize <laughs> Um, you know what I'm trying to say. Peacekeeping right? force, yeah. you know, one of those kind of deals. Yeah, yeah I if we get another b- big, uh, you know, I'm I'm on I'm on X Factor mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, Avengers, X Men, mm-hmm. X Factor. It becomes bigger than what it's been. I think could be a lot of fun, and it makes room for a lot of because that was the thing about X Factor that I love the most, where it took characters I did not know from a hole in the wall, and very very quickly made me care about them. If mm-hmm. Peter David can bring more people into that and introduce me to more characters that I don't know and make me care a lot about them, I am all for that. Yeah. I This is not going to happen, but I ho- I would wish that Spidey 2099 would get stuck here and he would be part of whatever team yeah. that they put together That'd because be I love that character and I love when Peter David writes that character. Um, the next one, it will also probably be part of, I'm guessing, Superior Spider-Man, uh, but it's The End. And it says <gasps> it's Dan Slott and Giuseppe Camancoli. Damn, you're getting some names today. Yeah. Um, so, Steve. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm also enjoying Superior Spider-Man, but you are Superior Spider-Man acolyte number one on Talking Comics. I do love it. Um, what do you Balls. think the end means? Whoa. I don't, we've, I, haven't we talked about the end like uh, two or three times already that we thought that something was going to be well there the was that or, superior no more or thing the re- yeah. but yeah the like, the reveal yeah i don't know i it's funny how this has been going on for a long time this superior spider man i think longer than most people had anticipated it being mm-hmm. that everybody thought that cuz we haven't heard from peter in a long time nope you know eventually he he's out of the way but now we're dealing with situations where uh octo spidey is kind of regretting you know erasing him from from his memories and because he's now running into people or being reminded about people are asking him questions and he's just having to make things up Mm -hmm. the fact that nobody talks about the way he talks Mm -hmm. kills me well some people talk about it yeah you sound like a super villain people have said that on more than one occasion uh i want that to be addressed directly so (laughs) bad i i if it's called the end i Kind of, for my own selfish reasons, I I want to see the end because I know eventually that it's gotta it's gotta come come to it, mm-hmm. and I just I want to know like I want to know who does it because there's a bunch of people that are kind of onto him. Yeah. And every every issue of Superior Spider-Man, even though it's been dealing with so many other things, every one of them has at least another small piece of the puzzle to him eventually being found out entirely. So perhaps. The end is going to be those characters coming together and putting the pieces together mm-hmm. and ending his reign as the new superior Spider-Man. I mean, just it's such a radical change for the character that and I mean, maybe it's just convenient that the the Avengers and the X-Men, they're all off doing this battle of the Atom and then they're off in space with Thanos and doing all this stuff. But somebody's got to put the brakes on mm-hmm. him eventually, because mm-hmm. he's just got, he's taken way too many liberties. Mm-hmm. Well, the people who know him the best in the Marvel Universe are out in space. It's the Fantastic Four. Franklin would know instantly. Mm-hmm. Right. He's been away. Maybe not coincidentally. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that one. Um, the next one is Global. Uh, this is It's in green, and it's Jonathan Hickman, Nick Spencer, and Stefano Caselli. I'm guessing this is an Avengers thing, though we've with already... Planteers. What'd you say? Planeteers. 
Oh. <laughs> she wants it to be uh, Captain Planet. I don't think that Marvel is bringing Captain Planet into their continuity, <laughs> Stephanie. Carry on, everyone else. With your <laughs> actual it's a book about Groot. Heart. Um, <laughs> uh, Nobody asked you to come. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Stay with the vehicles. <laughs> uh, so the thing is, the only weird thing about this is that we already know what Avengers Rogue Planet is the name of the name of the uh, next storyline. So unless this is just kind of the tease for that, they're going to reveal what that storyline is. Oh yeah. Cause global, you know, planet, obviously it, it fits. Um, it's in green. So obviously it seems like it has something to do with the Hulk. Now this could be something else. This could be a Hulk book. This could be an event, maybe uh, Avengers assemble, I, you know, I, who knows? Um, but to me, this feels like uh, Avengers. Well, it keeps the, our first line was we have to get bigger. Yeah. Maybe yeah. this is that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Other countries, ah, Avengers. Yeah. Shadow Avengers it. Incorporated. I got it all figured <laughs> out. Sabra and Sunfire and all yeah. those kind of people. I mean, because Nick Spencer has been writing Avengers with Hickman up and until uh, Infinity started. He had been did like the last three issues before that mm-hmm. with him. So that this seems to me like this is going to be in, in that same... Uh, same vein um the next one is sinners and this is from charles soul who we talked about yeah. writing um she hulk and carlo barberi i'm gonna guess that's how you say the last name uh, like that it's been right. a it's been a gauntlet of last Bar- name yeah. um where's stephanie when we need her you should yeah. be doing these names for a step i yeah. know i'm sorry <laughs> um just send them to me <laughs> so sinners uh what do we think, Steve? I honestly have no idea. Mm-hmm. No clue. Sinners? Yeah. Uh, it's but, in red, by the way. Yeah. So, everyone knows. <laughs> so red set would say to me Deadpool, but isn't there enough Deadpool right yeah. now? Yeah. Sinners. And it's sinners. Sinners. So to me, I'm thinking it's a return to older style Thunderbolts mm-hmm. where they were out and out villains. Yeah. Hmm. Recast as heroes. Yeah. Strikes me as opposed to using all these big... Hero type character villains. Yeah, that's in a, the place yeah. to maybe just maybe. Yeah, I mean that's what I think too. I think it's Thunderbolts. I think that we are again we're gonna it's gonna be one of the continuing series that they re, that do the renumbered storylines. That's what I think this is gonna be. I was immediately thinking of like Mephisto and you know <laughs> well, with Hela. Red it could be. Yeah, I don't know. I, I sinners I automatically think of of characters from Hell. So, mm. but no, Thunderbolts is a really great guess. I mean, it's just because it's definitely a team, right? Because it's it's sinners. So I, that's the only reason why I think it's definitely a team based book. And I can't think of another a team in the Marvel universe that's like bad but good. Well, how about the son and daughter of Satan? You know, they, huh? What? What'd you say? <laughs> so bad they're good. So She's just whispering things in the background <laughs> randomly. That's good though. Cre- it, it, She's it, making it her own taglines for these posters. Yes. Yeah. Just as you were, everyone. That's it. What you need to do, Steph, you post all the posters for the one shots, you know, mm-hmm. the, the one little shots they put up there with the one word things, mm-hmm. and put your own taglines at the bottom of them for the website. It'd be yeah. fun. Oh, so totally bad they're that. good. <laughs> you should. Captain Planet. Exactly. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> you know you want Captain Planet. It won't yeah. be Captain Planet, but it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be better if it was Captain Planet. <laughs> uh, I'm boycotting this book on principle. It's a very long tagline. It's like a paragraph. Um, uh, so the next one, uh, Higher. And it's Kelly Sue DeConnick and David Lopez. Uh, gold letters. 
Stephanie, what do you think? You think this is a, a conti- continuation of Captain Marvel or something else? Yes. It has to be. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Heck yeah. Bob, what do you think? I have to recuse myself from this conversation. Oh, because you know. Oh, boy. Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> That's not the kind of thing you're supposed to know. Okay, Steve, go. <laughs> I think it's definitely Captain Marvel related. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh, ah, I can't... I, can I say it? You say what? I think it's going to have to do with the Carol Corps. Oh, okay. It's going to be... I, th- I think she's going to have a network of her own. I think it's mm. going to be a very... Her community, rather than her leaving the community, I think that they're going to band together and they're going to basically be like a like a on the scene street team of Captain Marvel representatives. And she's going to have this this big support group of, you know, local uh, mom and pop heroes, Mm -hmm. if you will. Right. That's my prediction. Interesting. Bob's nodding. <laughs> You're going to love issue 17. Coming soon. Um, so that's the... Uh, I, I mean, I definitely a Captain Marvel type thing. That's what I definitely think it's going to be as well. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Atonement, uh, which is going to be at the Avengers panel. It's in... Damn. It's in um, like Iron Man type red and gold. And it's written by Nathan Edmondson with art by Phil <gasps> Noto. Earn man. Love me some Phil Noto. Who's Nathan Edmondson now? Uh, he does, uh, dancer. And yeah. the activity, yeah, for uh, for image, um, and he's done some stuff too for Marvel as well. He, I think, he wrote Ultimate Iron Man, uh, that and he mini- did Grifter for the DC Fifty Two. That's right, that's right, that's he did do that. Um, uh, so we, I'm guessing an Iron Man uh, story here. Maybe uh, Gillen is leaving the Iron Man title, and we're getting a new creative team. Phil Noto, interesting artist for Iron Man. What do you think of that, Bob? I have the funny thing it's a Black Widow book. You think so? Interesting. I mean, that would be cool. Don't get me wrong. That would be awesome. He does lots of female characters. He does. Phil Noto. Yeah. Know, just did Ghost with Kelly Sue. Just have a feeling. She has things to atone for. She does. It, and a absolutely. lot of red on her ledger. She's a lot of red on her ledger. Um, yeah. That's a good guess, All Bob. I can think of is like with that tagline, that movie is such a bummer. <laughs> the atonement? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Um <laughs> Uh, so Stephanie, outside of the Kira Knightley, uh, James McAvoy film, uh, <laughs> what would you think about a Nathan Edmondson written and Phil Noto drawn Black Widow book? If indeed Bob is correct, I have a feeling it's Iron Man. Well, um, I so think I, it would but... be cool if it was a Black Widow book, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's Iron Man. It's just the coloring is it, it's it looks like Iron Man's suit. Yeah, the coloring the coloring I... of the lettering. That's the only reason why. Um, I don't know what this is going to mean. I don't know what he's atoning for. I mean, Tony always has is always messing yeah, he's up. He's got a lot of so bad stuff. Got a lot of bad stuff too. in his past. It might have been doing with maybe fallout from events of New Avengers and kind of what happens to Cap in the first arc of that story. Maybe Tony gets a little bit found out. Um, maybe whatever happens in Infinity, maybe there's something that that goes on. Um, but uh, yeah, it seems like an Iron Man book. We, we obviously have not heard that Gillen's leaving yet, but maybe that's the announcement that we get. Uh, at, at the panel. Could they have a second Iron Man book? I don't know, because I don't think the first one sells well enough for them to do okay. a second one. Uh, it sells okay, but it's not one of the better-selling books uh, for them, which is interesting, since he's probably, pop-culturally, maybe the second biggest hero going right now. Sure. Um, Steve, wh- what do you think? Do you think this is uh, an Iron Man book, or do you think... I would much rather it be a Black Widow book mm-hmm. if I had my choice. Mm-hmm. I would. I, I like Bob's idea a lot better than it being an Iron Man book. Mm-hmm. Um 
Phil Noto might get me I, – because I haven't read Iron Man beyond the first issue. We had – Right. Greg Land, Land was, yeah. was Greg Land, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I I just – I don't care for his style very much. So the art has, of the Iron Man series thus far has kind of drawn me off of the, ser- of the series. I just don't – even though mm-hmm. I love Kieran Gillen as a writer, I think he's very talented. I just mm-hmm. – haven't been able to get into the book because of the art. Yeah, me neither. So if we're going to have Phil Noto doing an Iron Man book, I've at least won out on half of the coin. <laughs> However, <laughs> uh, I'm a little iffy on, on Nathan Edmondson. Mm-hmm. I just, I've read a little bit of his stuff and thought it was okay, but nothing that you I You love would... Dancer No, I... when you were reading it. Yeah, I read like the first two or three issues. Mm-hmm. I didn't collect the rest of it. Yeah. I don't even know if the whole thing came out. I, I don't no know idea. either. Yeah. Um, but it's like I said, it's nothing that I would go running to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those things that when Rob calls it out, I'll say, you know, let me see it. Mm-hmm. I'll thumb through it. And if it looks cool, I'll probably, I'll definitely check out number one because we always check out the number ones uh, with the exception of the heist. But Yeah, we did not. No, we didn't. But um, And that's totally the hunt's fault too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 But like I said, if it turns out to be an Iron Man book, I would be excited because I'm not reading an Iron Man book. It would, it would be it would be nice to have a good book mm-hmm. uh, that's Iron Man. But I uh, again, I love the idea of it being Black Widow, uh, which would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather read that. Um, for me, I mean, uh, the Phil Noto thing is interesting to me, just because I, for a character like Iron Man, in my head, I don't see it. You know, not that he can't do it because he's a fantastic artist, but in my head, I do not see Iron Man in, in Phil Noto style, which could end up being, if it's what it is, an ama- it amazing combination. You could, you could be, this is stuff I've never seen in an Iron Man book before, and that would be amazing. Right. Um, you know, most of the reason, look, the first issue of Iron Man with, uh, again, I, I'm ex- exact same opinion as you. I love Kieran Gillen. I love Young Avengers. I love the stuff that feels him. That book didn't feel like him to me, and I just can't couldn't get past the art. The writing wasn't good enough to get me past the art. Um, so the fact that this, I know that I've only read like one or two issues of his books ever, so I can't really form a really strong opinion about about his writing. Um, but uh, if this book looks the way I think it's going to look, and it's an Iron Man book, I'll definitely at least pick up that first issue to see if it connects with me. Um, and then the last uh, teaser they put out, which was just today, uh, is Assassin. It's in silver, and it's written by Zeb Wells with art by Mike Del Mundo, oh. who is the X-Men Legacy covers, right? That's yes. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, this is being revealed, the Superior Spider-Man and Friends panel. So, ooh, ooh. what do you think it is, Bob? Silver Sable. Yeah, that's... Oh. That was what I I didn't think of it until right that moment when I said who could it be and I was like assassin silver that yeah that make a lot of sense a lot a lot of sense and she's been gone Ooh, yeah since um the eight, end, end eight, of day nine yeah she's been gone since the end of that end of day was end of days is that what it was called what was the one she oh oh I don't oh, want to spoil no, it's, a, not, it's definitely not end of days it's, uh, no it was just before the bad stuff well there's a. Uh, there's, she was like in a fight with the Sinister Six or something, right? Yeah, but there, yes, yes, yeah. that was the one with the Dan Slot one where uh, Doc Ock threatens to like burn the world down or yeah. whatever, it, whatever it is. Um, it's 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 something in that vein. Um, was the last time we we've seen her, so that'd be interesting if this is what it is. And I love 
the way Zeb Wells writes. I just I think he's hilarious. I think that he has a pop and a wit to his writing that you don't that isn't everywhere. And if it's Silver Sable, I'm not completely familiar with that character. I've only read her in some of the Dan Slott Spider-Man stuff, but the stuff I read for her there I really really loved. So I think I'd be into that book. She's a very aristocratic lady, right? With a real snarky edge. Mm-hmm. So Zeb Wells has done what stuff? He did, yeah, he wrote a bunch of Spider-Man stuff. Um, he did the first arc of. Uh, Avenging Spider-Man when it first started. Oh, those were great. Yeah, okay. the, Red, oh. the Red Hulk yeah, stuff. He'd yeah. be perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's a really good writer, um, and I'm excited to see what happens. Um, Stephanie, uh, what, do you, what do you think about a Silver Sable book? Yeah, I mean, I have limited knowledge, again, mm-hmm. of her, but uh, from what I've read, sure. Why not? Yeah. Um, that's That will be really good if that's that. Um, it's kind of crazy that Silver Sable would have her own book. Uh you, you, Marvel's pulling stuff from everywhere. Yeah, it's it true. It seems like, and they are. Go ahead, Steve. Mm-hmm. Ends of the Earth. Ends of the yes, Earth. That's what there it, we go. Yeah, there we go. Uh, it, so that there are characters from all over the spectrum here, mm-hmm. street level, cosmic. It does seem there's also a difference in tone. We have mm-hmm. things that could be flat out funny. Yeah, this could be one of those lovely spy crime capery things. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I When I first saw Assassin and I saw the names, in my mind, I automatically thought about Deadpool because I was like, well, he's a funny writer. But that was until I looked at the panel that it was at. And I think, Bob, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's what it's got to be. I mean, it could be Winter Soldier. It could be. But not a Spider-Man panel. Exactly. But once you said that, that just cemented it for me. Yeah. That's cool. I will definitely – I mean, that's, again – a lot of these I'll check out number ones, but that's a book that I'd be excited about checking out number one on. It's going to be funny yeah. when we're wrong 13 times. I know. It'll be <laughs> awesome, though. It'll be awesome. Super wrong. excited for that book that might be coming out. Yeah. My, this hypothetical book sounds amazing. Guys, keep a scorecard. <laughs> Stephanie yeah, will put it up wrong. online with her, with her own and little comments. And Del Mundo comments. is on that one? Or yeah. That, that was, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> oh. Steve's excited. I'm drooling already. All right. <laughs> so good. All right. So I'm sure we're going to get some more between now and, and Comic-Con because they've been releasing two a day. So I'm sure we'll get more. But uh, that is it for the Marvel Now stuff. And uh, that's that's a, a lot of talk about books that are going to be out in a year, six months, whatever it's going to be. But let's talk about books that are on the shelves uh, right mm. now. Um, from Action Lab Entertainment. Uh we have got uh, Pirate Eye, Murder at Ten Knots, One Shot, Vampletts Volume 1, The Nightmare Nursery, Hardcover, and Molly Danger, Volume 1, Yay! Hardcover. Nice. Um, from Avatar Press, we have Absolution, Rubicon, Number 4, Crossed Badlands, Number 37, God is Dead, Number 2 of 6, Night of the Living Dead, Aftermath, Number 11, and Uber, Number 6. Um, from Boom Studios... We have got Hit, number two, Garfield, number 18, Robocop, Last Stand, number three, uh, Suicide Risk, number six. Uh, from Dark Horse, we have Catalyst Comics, number four. Uh, we've got Grindhouse, Doors Open at Midnight, number one of eight. Um, we've got uh, Occultist, number one, and The Star Wars, number two. Uh, from DC Comics, we have Action Comics number twenty-four, um, which I believe is the first, maybe the first Greg Pak issue 
I'm not mm-hmm. totally sure. I'm sure it's 24 or 26. I'll have to look look that up. Um, we've got Batman Black and White, number two. Uh, we've got Batwing, number 24. Um, we've got Detective Comics, number 24. Earth 2, number 16. Um, we've got uh, Fairest, number 20. Forever Evil, number 2. Uh, Green Arrow, number 24. Green Lantern, number 24. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, number 6. <laughs> Hinterkind, number 1. Yeah! It was a Vertigo series. Um, Looney Tunes, number 215. Movement, number 5. Okay. Uh, Stormwatch, number 24. Swamp Thing, number 24. Yeah. Trillium, number 3 of 8. Uh, <sighs> Trinity of Sin, The Phantom Stranger, number 12. And this is so funny. On the comic list, it says in parentheses, some stores will not receive until October 9th. So be aware of that, guys. Um, And Witching Hour, number one, which is a one-shot. Jenny Frieson. Um, Sorry, no. Action Comics is not Greg Pak's first issue. I just wanted to make sure. Um, All right. And I was looking up to Earth. This was the first Tom Taylor Earth 2, but it is not. Uh, From Dynamite Entertainment, we have Black Bat, number six. Codename Action, Number two, Lady Rawhide. Number two, Rawhide. Uh, Mark Wade's The Green Hornet. Number six, uh, Miss Fury Digital. Number two of two. I don't care if it's digital or not. Mocking Dead. Number two, Pathfinder Goblins. Number three, and Shadow Now. Number one. Now. Because there's a real Miss Fury out this week. <laughs> from IDW. Oh, the, really? The hardcover collection of the strips from 41 to oh, 44. Oh, wow. Um, from IDW. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Doctor Who Classics, uh, number five. Uh, we've got Doctor Who Prisoners of Time, number nine. G.I. Joe, a real American hero, number 194. G.I. Joe, the Cobra Files, number seven. J. Scott's... <laughs> J. <laughs> Sorry. Jin Rise, number seven. Judge Dredd Classics, number four. Kiss Kids, number two. Miss Fury, Sensational Sundays, 1941 to 1944. Introduction by Trina Robbins. And uh, Mystery Society Hardcover Deluxe Edition. Um, and V Wars, A Chronicle of the Vampire Wars, <laughs> MMPB. I don't know what the hell that means. Um, what is Shadow Now, by the way? Not I don't even know. No idea. Um, and there's no description. It's not it's- Shadow Later, it's Shadow Now. Yeah, very funny, Stephanie. <laughs> How about you give something constructive? All right. Uh, How about you look on Google? Uh, from I did just look it up. I looked it up and I got like a description that was like, for retailers who ordered early, there's a special print. There wasn't even a, a description. Um, well, you need to up your Google foo then. Uh, from Image Comics. Um, why don't you Google it? I'm freaking reading out a list. Uh, from Image Comics, we have Activity Number 15, Bedlam Number 9, Black Acre Number 11, Bushido Number 1, uh, We've got Elephant Men, number 51, Invincible Universe, number 7, uh, It Girl in the Atomics, volume 2, The World is Flat, trade paperback, mm, Sweet. Uh, Lazarus, number 4, um, Mara, number 6 of 6. Well, well, oh, well. Um, it's finally over. I'm excited to read the last issue. I haven't read any of them, it's so really I am good. doubly excited. It's really, really good. Uh, Mind the Gap, number 15. Sweet. Morning Glory is number 32. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Uh, reality check and number two, um, Spawn number two thirty six, Think Tank number nine, and uh, Todd the ugliest kid on earth number six. Um, number six. Wow, number five came out last week. 
I think it was late, so I think they're pressed together. Ooh. Um, so uh, from Marvel Comics, all new X Men number seventeen and all new X Men special number one. Um, oh boy. Captain huh? America: Living Legend number one of four, which is a miniseries. Um, no, you're not no, doing it. No. <laughs> Who's writing it? Um, I'll check right now for you, Bob. I will check for you right now. Um, <laughs> Have you lost all hope for yep. Captain America? It's no. written by Andy Diggle. Uh, with art by Addy Granov. So, good writer, but pick it up in the store and check it, it out. Yeah. Um, and put it back. We've got Daredevil Dark Knights, number five of eight. Um, we've got Phantom X Max, number one. Hunger, number three of four. Infinity the Hunt, number two of four. Uh, Iron Man, uh, number 16. Man. Uh, Marvel Knights Spider-Man, number one, which is written by Matt Kint. Ooh. Yeah, with art by Marco Rudy. Yeah, art by Marco Rudy. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm in a weird mood tonight. Uh, Marvel Universe Avengers Assemble, number one, which is the cartoon, based on the cartoon. Mighty Avengers, number two. I'll go one more. Uh, Savage Wolverine, number nine. <laughs> Superior Foes of Spider-Man, number four. Yay! Uh, Thunderbolts, number 16. And that is it for Marvel. Um, not too bad. No, it's not that big of a week for Marvel, which is odd. Rare. It's usually always a big week for it's Marvel. It's a ruse. Yeah, they're trying to do it for like New York. Yeah, they're baiting us. Um, so uh, from Valiant Entertainment, we have Quantum and Woody number four and Shadow Man number eleven. And uh, from Zenoscope, Grim Fairy Tales Giant Size two thousand thirteen <laughs> and Grim Fairy <laughs> Tales sorry. Present yeah, Wonderland sorry. Down the Rabbit uh-huh. Hole number five. I just think they have a much different definition of giant size yeah. than, than I do. A cover will be giant interesting. Size, yeah. If it's more giant size than normal, it's going to be oh. <laughs> a little tough to look at. Uh, Poke your eyes out. So that's what on the shelves uh, right now. Um, if you guys want to get in touch with us, it's uh, at Talking Comics on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Talking Comics, and podcast at TalkingComicBooks.com. And obviously, TalkingComicBooks.com is the website for all the reviews, uh, articles. Uh, check out the Talking Comics Book Club if you missed it. Steve and Bob host a discussion about X-Men Days of Future Past. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so definitely check that out. Um, we're going to be, uh, we should be announcing the winners of our Lock and Key contest relatively yes. soon. Yes. So that will be pretty awesome. Um, and guys, if you're going to go to, if you're going to Comic-Con, uh, let us know. Tweet at us, Facebook message us, email us. Let us know and we'll try to organize something with you guys um, and do something. And obviously, if you see us on the floor, uh, let us know and come up and say hi. Uh and hopefully there'll be better Wi-Fi or signal this year, so at least maybe we can we can be tweeting like where we are and, yeah, stuff. and not find out where you are twenty five minutes after the fact. Yeah, exactly. That happened so much last yeah, year. It'll be an artist alley lunging <laughs> constantly. It'd be our own table. Um, yeah, that would have been funny. Yeah. Five dollars. Gonna have a calendar lunch. of five, lunges. Yeah, five dollars for a like, lunge. Yeah, it'll be like blue steel, like. Derek Zoolander's calendar of blue steel, but I'll just, just lunges. have various lunges. Um, with you wearing funny hats. Uh, the, yes. And guys, also, if you look, look at the Comic-Con guest list, I mean, don't get ridiculous here. We can't talk Sylvester Stallone. But if you see anybody, an artist or a writer that you would like us to talk to, let us know. We can't promise you anything, but we can definitely try to get an interview with that person if it's at all possible. I've <laughs> totally been saving up for Sylvester Stallone. Oh, really? No. Awesome. He's going to be at Comic-Con? Yeah. Four hundred. Can we also discuss why is Will I Am there? Because it's a pop culture event. He was in Wolverine. 
He was in X Men Origins. Didn't he Wolverine. help write a comic recently? I think he did. Yeah. Yes. Uh, His name was on something. Yeah. Well, um, I am presents. Yeah, there was something like that. Um, well, it's Comic Con, so it's not gonna be just comics. Saving glory, man. <laughs> uh, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get some other guests, but <laughs> the comic uh, presence is still gonna be huge and great, and I, I can't wait to to go there. But next week will be all about us previewing. Uh, Comic Con. If you guys want to touch with us personally, uh, my Twitter is at Bobby Shortle. Steve, my uh, Twitter handle is at Dead underscore Anchorus. And Stephanie, I'm at Hello Cookie. And Bob, the email mm. address Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com. All right, awesome, and that's going to do it for our hundred and first episode Yay. of the Talking mm. Comics podcast. As I said, next week we'll be back with our Comic Con preview. But until then, for Steve, Cha Cha, Bob, Good night, and Stephanie. Lunch. I have been Bobby. <laughs> Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued. <laughs>